Hey, Filmatic, what's up? Uh, Nabil Shreve coming back at you with another episode here. We're doing a little, another Summer of Stiller intermission to talk about uh, one of the, in my opinion, and I think in my guest's opinion as well, I'm sure something uh, like that, one of the greatest pieces of media made in the recent history. And that is, of course, uh, Breaking Bad, the TV show. And we're also going to be talking about, respectively, uh, El Camino, the sequel movie. So uh, today I'm joined by, uh, of course, series regular, or sorry, podcast regular, Connor Park, and by his dad, Mr. Park. Uh, How's it going, sir? Uh, Doing great. Glad to be here. It's it's awesome to have you on. Uh, like you I was much. saying before we started, uh, I think I think you're gonna you're gonna have some real pull to this podcast. You know, I think a lot of because, I don't know. I'll if bring Connor's the old, older crowd. <laughs> yes, we need that demog- We need that uh, you know you thirty go. to fifty demographic. In here. But, um, uh, I don't know if Connor's told you, but you've actually come up on the podcast before uh, when Connor mentioned that you worked. Uh, I believe it was Dolphin Tail. Um, yes. Yeah, you worked Good. on that. So. We made all the all the tales for for Winter the Dolphin. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, Connor told an awesome story about that. So we, uh, you know, it's a, really just a huge honor to have you on. So, um, yeah, so let's just kind of jump into it. Um, like I was saying, there's a lot of ground to cover um, between the five seasons of Breaking Bad and the movie. So we're just going to kind of start, um, kind of start attacking it chronologically, but no promises. We might be jumping around, sort of thing. But, um, so, to give some context, of course, Breaking Bad uh, came out in 2008, and uh, it ran until 2013, and then it was six years later in 2019 when El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, came out. And um, just to kind of lay the lay the ground there. But um, if we just start and talk about, I guess, Breaking Bad Season 1... Uh, I guess to kind of just start with the first episode, I think that for a lot of people, myself included, it is just an incredible pilot that really sold, oh, sorry, sold me and sells everybody, I guess, on the idea of the series. Um, and it's just masterfully written and so much happens in the those 50 minutes. Um, you know, of course, they have to cover that Walter White has cancer. Um, of course, it starts on Medias Res with the... Uh, sequence where Walter White is facing down the with the RV crash facing down the oncoming sirens and he of course he records that message to his family so it, I mean it does a great job with that intro of really laying down the groundwork going okay what's going on here uh what's who is this guy why is he in trouble why is he saying goodbye to his family and um it just I think it did a really good job of introducing the premise and selling you on it um, I don't know if any of you had thoughts on that. Oh yeah, something like I mean, definitely that episode, and honestly, specifically the whole first season, it really ties mm-hmm. you in with the intros. Because like in the later seasons, they'll give like, you know, like the introduction will have like something to do with something that happens later in the episode, but it won't be like a full thing. But in the first season, it was just showing you like seeds from later in the episode. And you're like, how in the world do they get there from the beginning of the episode? And like, de- you know, for a pilot. Mm-hmm it starts crazy and then it cuts back to like, Oh, he's a high school teacher. And this is his like what 50th birthday. It was at the first yes, episode. 50th birthday. Yeah. Just like, Oh, happy birthday. And he's there with everybody. And it's, it's like badass brother-in-law Hank being like the cool guy and kind of, you know, introducing mm-hmm. all the characters. And yeah, no, just it's like, like that. Set, sets you up to, 
It's such up to to me to like to like Hank at first. Like, so like Walt, you mean? Like Walter at first, and then yeah. this guy, poor guy, has cancer. Is teacher, just going through all these things. Just wants to provide for his family. So initially, the first couple episodes, you feel bad for him, and then things kind of change dramatically. Well, very much so. That's a good point. Um, they really, really. I think a thing that this series does well as a whole is putting you in the perspective of a person. In this case, arguably especially by the end of the series, the villain of the story and sympathizing with you to the point where anybody who's talked to anybody about Breaking Bad or read anything online, uh, especially maybe closer to the air date of, of the series, a lot of people were still, you know, rooting for Walt deep into season four and five, just because I, how, they kind of lost well. me to the end of season one, even I kind of, every time I've rewatched the series, which I think <laughs> I'm up to three ish now, three or four, um, <laughs> I like Walt less and less earlier, exactly as you're saying. Like before I was kind of like, okay, we're entering season three. He caused the death of a lot of people, including, you know, the Wayfarer and Jane and all sorts of things. Okay. I'm like, okay, this is kind of iffy, but now I'm like, you know, you go to that first kill uh, when he kills crazy eight in mid season one, like Connor mentioned. And um, you're just kind of like, I mean, there's even a sequence in that where he does a pros and con list of killing crazy eight. Um, which is, I mean, everything just becomes more absurd the more I feel like you revisit and think about it um, in terms of sympathizing. So, okay. yeah, I mean, that's a great point. Yeah. I mean, Crazy It was, like, technically his second kill, right? Because he killed, um, I can't remember the guy's name, but, like, Jesse's original partner when he did, like, the gas thing. In Emilio. The Emilio. Yeah, you know, you're right. I, you're right. You're right. That is technically his first kill when yeah. he traps them in the, in the RV with the toxic gases. Oh, yeah, but that one is definitely seen as more, like, you know, self-defense. Protecting. Oh, they were yeah, yeah. Kill. But then, like, you know, by the time he kills Crazy Eight, it's like, this is a whole separate thing now. Like, you've just been keeping this guy prisoner, and, like, yeah, now you just have to, like, just kill him to cover your own tracks and, like, melt bodies. Like, you're already entering, entering some real rough territory there. There are always so many points, so many points season, in season one where he had chances to get out. Of course, yes. you know, they, they wanted to make a whole show of it, so they couldn't end it somewhere like that. But just there's so many opportunities he had to stop selling drugs, many reasons he had to stop selling drugs or making drugs. But he had exactly. to keep, he went, he went in full bore and kept going and going and going no matter what happened. Yeah. yeah that, and I, just deeper and deeper. Yeah. Okay, and it gets you, it gets into the theme really quick of how much his ego drives like every decision he makes. Like even like in the first episode, you can see it in kind of like a, a you could say a good light when he's in the clothing store with uh, Skylar and Walt Jr. And like those like mm-hmm. other guys like making fun of Walt Jr. He like, goes out, comes in the front door, and, like, beats the crap out of him, like, knocks out his leg. It's like, you know, like, like when you see the first time, you're like, oh, yeah, he's doing that protect, to protect his son. But, like, knowing more about the character, like, it wasn't really about his son as it was more of an extension of, like, himself. You know, like, oh, this, this is how they're viewing, like, my family. It's like, this weighs on how they view me and how society views me, so I've got to, like, stand up for myself. Yeah. It definitely goes from being more and defendable to less and less defendable um and of course the series just does an incredible job of taking you along on that power trip with walter um you know and you know like mr park said he keeps getting chances to come out you know whether it be the middle of the season the end of the season or just at the end of a random episode but he doesn't you know especially i think the biggest one would be again i'm kind of jumping ahead here but when i think of that i think of season four you know after he successfully kills gus fring you know, this huge drug kingpin. 
you would think that's when you'd lay the, you know, you throw the towel down. <laughs> but as we see in season five, it just gets crazier and crazier with the. Ego. Yeah, season one was it his friends that basically have one the corporation. Yep. Right. Yeah, they say basically we'll give you the money, we'll take care of you, and then yeah. yeah. Nope. I, I, can't I, accept it. You go again. I can't. I can't, I can't accept it. I have to. Yeah. Oh. And even when he makes up the lie um, to his family to explain the money, uh, saying that, oh, yeah, Gretchen and Elliot, they're paying for my treatment, you know, when he's initially lying to them. Oh. And that episode, I think, kind of an underrated episode and moment that I'll get to um, when Gretchen shows up to Walter's house um, and talks to Skylar and is very confused about what's going on. And then at the end of that episode, he goes out with Gretchen to a diner or a restaurant to explain everything, quote unquote. And he, um, she's, she's just like, she's still like offering, you know, you know, this Rose ranch to him saying, yeah, "Yeah, we'll still, we'll still help you even after all this lying and stuff. And he just, he says, uh, F you, you know? And I feel like that is like a big, big moment for that is kind of overlooked in terms of his really just nailing down and doubling down on that ego. Uh, driven at that point in time i stopped watching the show for a while because mm. i just get so frustrated like okay he always the chances to get out and he just doesn't but then yeah. get the Connor started watching it and got into season two and told me how good season two was they got me back into it and then i was hooked until the very end of <laughs> yeah no end of I season think, five yeah no there's definitely um yeah i mean once season two starts and yeah i mean like connor said and told you just the the speed is breakneck and you just do not want to look away. And uh it definitely keeps you captivated whether you're rooting for Walt or not. Um but yeah. So I think um another big thing I guess to try to cover any loose ends about season one. Um, you know, you get introduced to of course the main players like we mentioned. Um Jesse, of course, who we'll be talking about through as a through line of the series and with El Camino. Um, yeah, Jesse's the, Jesse's the main character you pretty much like right. throughout the show. Yes. He's the same same person, same guys trying to make make it through life. Right. He's the one yeah, character you just. Uh, yeah, and it's kind of like how you know Walter's getting, like we have said, getting all these choices and opportunities to get out of the game. It seems like Jesse is constantly trying to get out of the game, but being kept in by Walter or right. you know by circumstances that are a result of Walter. Okay. So, Grinch, you don't see as much of like that story arc in the first season because the first season, right. like you know, it starts out with him following Hank to on the like whatever ride along, and then like seeing Jesse yeah. climb out and being like, "Hey, like we need to start cooking." And Jesse was like already cooking, so he's kind of going along with it for the first season. But yeah, yeah. It definitely develops a, <laughs> a lot more. As the yeah, no, goes. it goes from Jesse being his introduction and uh, you know front door to the underworld of drugs. Um, to him keeping Jesse on a leash, you know, later on. And that's really interesting. And like Connor mentioned, you know, initially, I feel like on my rewatches, I'm, I noticed more and more just how deep the manipulation of Jesse goes yes. through Walter. Yep. And I remember like kind of pointing that out and Connor's like, what? No, come on. You know, he's uh, Walter. Look, look at him. He treats Jesse like a son kind of. And like, you know, I, I also <laughs> was there the first time, but, and you wanted to be like that. Cause you know, they have such right. good chemistry. You, know, you wanted but, to like you kept wanting to like Walter, but then you exactly. just, just can't. <laughs> you really want to. By the like, even if it's strung along, I don't know. By the end of season four, it's like that's that's the line. Yeah, I mean, even by the you know by the time he lets Jane die, 
you know. Oh yeah, I mean like oh, the, that, yeah. You know, like like thinking of thinking back, the line is way earlier, but like yeah. like the hard line where it's like okay, like even if you made it this yeah. far, like no, like that is. No, yeah, uh-huh. it almost definitely seems like by design. That's what season five introduces at the beginning. Is like okay, if you are still rooting for Walter, you probably should not. You know, I shouldn't. I should be. Yeah, really. Yeah, it seems like the writers really wanted to drive that in. Okay, before um, we go off season one, I gotta say my favorite intro of season one. I'm, I'm probably gonna try to do this for every season because I like it. Like the intros are one of my favorite parts of the episodes. Yeah, but the intro to episode six, crazy handful of nothing, was awesome. Because at this point, like the you know, end of season five, he still has all his hair. He's still like you know just like barely getting into it with Jesse. And then the beginning of episode six is just him walking out of the building completely bald with a bag of cash and the building exploding behind him. You're like, how yeah. the hell do they get there? And then that episode is, I, I think, I don't know. I think I'd have to say season, episode six is my favorite of season one. Just with the yeah. huge jump it makes. I think that's a really good one. Yeah. I think that was definitely a big turning point. And, um, I'd say probably also my favorite episode. I mean, regardless of rooting for Walt or not, I mean, it just, it's always badass and kind of crazy to watch uh, him throw that fake meth down and cause the explosion, I think. That scene is awesome. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no. um, I don't know. Is there really anything else in season one we should cover? Tuco is introduced in season one. Tuco is introduced in episode six, because that is the dealing with Tuco where he throws down the the fake meth. That's his first introduction to Tuco. Because Tuco mm-hmm. beat up Jesse and sent him to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And was that also in episode six? Where he beat up Jesse? Um, yes, it is. Because that's why Walter goes there, is he sees Jesse in the hospital. And, yeah. So, um, But also in season one, you get them going to Mexico, right? So, um, or yeah. is that season two? That's, the, that's season two. Okay, sorry, my bad. Yeah, no, um... Yeah, I don't really... I think season one we've kind of covered. Um, yeah, season two, I mean, it's like half the length of all the other seasons. It's just... Right, because it was before they got picked up. So yeah. it was kind of... Not a test yeah. run, but, you know, the first, yeah. It doesn't have the crazy arc of some of the others. It's just kind of got, you know, introduction of the character. It could, like... Yeah, it's good one. It was, it was room to definitely, like, have more, but if they needed to, it could have closed itself off and been all right. Yeah, I agree. Um... Right, so yeah, he kidnaps them in the last episode of season one. Is it the and last episode of season one I, or the first I episode? Please so. Um, well, I think it's. Um, let me double check right here. So, episode seven, season one, episode seven is a no rough stuff type deal. Is the name of the episode, and it ends. Oh no, sorry, it ends with Tuco uh, killing. Uh, one of his henchmen, who was his, I believe his brother-in-law, actually, they mentioned. Yeah. Kind of a one-off line later. But yeah. And then they're, Walt and Jesse are just kind of like standing there, like, okay, what do we do? What have we Yeah, literally, what have we gotten ourselves into? And then uh, season two, episode one opens with them driving away from uh, that drug deal. And um, it kicks off from there. And then it's the end of that episode where they get kidnapped by two yes. Which is like, a crazy ending, of course. You know, when <laughs> Jesse shows up in the car outside his house. Oh, and you're like, Jesse, what are you doing in my house? And it, like, pans and two goes in the backseat with the gun. Yep, oh. exactly. 
It's just crazy. Um, we meet it was in season beginning of season two when we meet Hector Salamon- right. Salamanca. Yep, that episode where they go to Mexico and we meet Hector. And of course, I mean, at that point, you don't know what kind of who would think that Hector would come back in the way he did uh, later <laughs> on in the series. That was, that was good the way they brought him back. Yeah, they brought him back a really number weird. of times too. Yeah, they were kind of showing what, yeah, why they didn't like him or what. <sighs> yeah, what Gus Fring's kind of, uh, why he's Gus Fring's obsession, sort of. Um, but yeah, so season two, of course, starts with that. Um, you know, they get kidnapped, they escape, Hank kills Tuco. Um, Walter <laughs> has his quote unquote fugue state, of course. <laughs> um, Shows then, of course, in the gas station. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to go ahead and just out the gate say my favorite episode of season two probably would have to be Better Call Saul. I mean... <laughs> you introduced that character. That was, uh, oh, yeah. That was good. Uh, and it's Not so only is it funny, a, too. Yeah. The introduction exactly. to that episode, That's... to go back to the previous, you know, previous bit on the first season, best intro of season two, that episode. Yeah. It's no, I, I think that one of the... It's just uh, also just a perfectly, like, comedically written scene as well you know like oh um, come on you're i know you're a cop that car's a cop that car's a cop brown van white van come on <laughs> and then he's just right <laughs> and then and those <laughs> two the exact two vans he described pull up. yeah and oh my gosh you get the what introduction you have Saul goodman yeah go ahead i'm sure it's a good jesse jesse's like he's going to try to want him to go kill those two junkies the house and they have they have a little small boy a little the house. He's like, yes. nope, I, I can't do it. I can't kill some people that are taking care of some boy. Especially right. That he, was. Yeah, he has some kind of morality, unlike unlike Walter. Was that yeah, no, that, that wasn't that episode? That was episode. That was the Peekaboo episode. That was two before. Yeah, that was also. Yeah, episode six. But that wasn't. Yeah, that is season two, and that episode is really good. Yeah, that is. Uh, yeah, no, that's a good point. I hadn't really thought of it like that, but that really is kind of the show's first real big. Hey, look, this guy. You know, Jesse Pinkman. He's not, maybe not the best guy. Like he's still a drug right, dealer. Exactly. So he's, his issues, but <laughs> he's in over his head clearly in the world of Walter White's and Gus Fring's. Um, <laughs> you know, so yeah, no, that's a good point. I didn't really think about that, but um, and yeah, I could be wrong about the episode of this, but is this is 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 it in season two that he goes home and his little brother's there and he gets kicked out? Yes. 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 Okay. I thought he's that was his house. His parents find out that he's cooking in the basement. And... No, 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 no. Not even that. Like he's at the house, and then they find like the joint in his flower pot, and they're like, "Oh, like this is this. Like you're getting kicked out." And then he was like, "Whatever," and left. And then you find out that it was like they're his like perfect little brother that had, had like, smoked the joint. And Jesse just like took the blame for it. Right, right, right. Yeah. Another another um... early example of him just like being. Yeah, a good and then guy. they don't really being a good guy. Yeah. Yeah, and they don't really talk about his brother again, but they do mention him in El Camino. Yeah, I was going to say. He's like, you know, oh, this he doesn't know the safe combination. And he's like, oh, wait, it's his birthday. My brother's birthday, yeah. It's my brother's birthday, and he puts in the code. And then, of course, Jesse's parents do make a few appearances again in the series when he buys the house back. Um, I think there's another one where he just kind of sees his dad. But, yeah, they, they're they also, I think, well cast, and they, they play the role well. Um Season two, we also get the introduction to Gus Fring, of course, um, in episode 11, when Saul lets Walter know 
that uh, he knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who can help <laughs> him move this amount of product. And of course, it's an integral in this. You know, we don't really get a lot of Gus Fring material in this uh, the back half of the season, but it's integral because it is the big drug deal that Walter, you know, quote unquote, needs and has to get done. That leads to uh, Walter's clash with Jane, which leads to Walter letting Jane die uh, at the oh, end. Was that, was that in season two even? Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah season two. Season, oh, there's a is, lot that goes on in season two. It's my second favorite season. Like, especially looking back over the, the episode list now, season two is mm-hmm. definitely my second favorite right behind season five. Because, you know, Tuco killing of, with Hank, which like starts Hank's mental breakdown, goes for a long time. The fugue state. Then is it? It's not episode. Okay, no, it's not season two where they have to crush the. Um, wow, crush the RV. That's what happens later. But no, I believe that's three. I think I think it is three. I think it's in three too. But yeah, the peekaboo episode where he goes and like, yeah, he has to. You know, he doesn't kill the kid. Like he's just like watching out for the kid. Introduction of Saul Goodman. That whole episode, mm-hmm. the introduction is that might be my favorite intro of the entire season of the entire show. I have to think about yeah, it. Yeah, possibly. It's uh, kind of yeah, perfect. Yeah, the four days out episode I think is underrated, where they're just stuck in the RV and it dies out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. They're just trying. They almost die out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole introduction of Jane's character and Jane's story arc from like mm-hmm. you know like being you know like being like just like the good landlord like in charge of stuff you know very put together and like getting in with jesse it, and then yeah. Je- who was it that it's that, jesse that actually gets her back into using yes yeah kind, kind of crazy yeah. combo skinny p and who was the one that died combo was the one that oh, died, combo died of, and then he was badger, badger and skinny p yeah, yeah. badgers so it was badger at the beginning of better call Saul episode yes so yeah combo's was. death beginning to jesse using again Leading to Jane using Jane again, using yeah. and then while breaking in and just letting her die, like mm-hmm. there were two times in this show that I like really like just burst down crying. The first was in the first season. There's a scene where he's talking, where like they're trying to convince him to go on chemo, and he's like, "That's not how I want to be remembered." That one I cried, and then yeah, Nabil could tell you, like after we watched the episode where he let Jane die, like I was like yelling during that. So I was like, "No, no, turn her." No, and then she died. Like we had to like stop. We were yeah. watching two episodes. We had to stop for like fifteen minutes because I was just sobbing. Like that yeah. hurt. Well, I think and Walt you know, knew he could bring Jesse back into the fold. I guess is uh, without yeah. Jane take taking him away. Yeah, just exactly. He really did not care for Jesse's well being. No, at all. Well, and he tries to disguise it as I. You know, he doesn't want to give him the money because he knows he's going to smoke it away or whatever. Which may be true, but it's not the reason that he's doing it. Obviously, it's just to manipulate, keep him, yeah, manipulate him, keep him, keep okay. him where he wants him. He doesn't. But like, as far as he sees yeah. Jane starting to like take control of Jesse and like be the one making the decisions, he's like, "Oh, exactly. that needs to be me." Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Wow. Um, but as far as Jane's death, um, yeah, no, Connor got pretty emotional, and I think that is one of the most emotional sequences in the show. Not emotional in terms of like. Well, I mean, it is emotional in terms of story, but just as a as a real life sort of like, wow, that happened. Do you know what I mean? We've been kind of in pop culture as a whole and in the show. I think, you know, we all see people get shot, you know, every other episode. And 
you're sort of desensitized to it relatively, but you know, to see something like a drug overdose shown like that, I think is up close and personal. Somebody, somebody that you care about now. From yeah, exactly. So, I, I, I totally understand, Connor. That was a pretty intense scene. Mm-hmm. And one of the um, best sequences yeah. in the season is when Walt is like says like, "Oh yeah, I'm going out to buy diapers," and never lies to Skyler about it. And goes to the bar and him and Jane's dad just have like a 30 minute conversation about like family and having kids mm-hmm. and like never know each other and like the impact that Walt yeah, had. That, yeah. And that like and I think, all of that guy's problems with his daughter, like currently like her going back to using her being with him and then eventually her dying was all Walt's fault directly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's one of those things that's like, obviously like it's super unlikely that they would ever meet, but it's, it twofold i think one it works in in the universe just because so many like this universe i feel like is all about crazy luck or crazy things happening as a product of the universe of you know things clashing that wouldn't normally clash and just seeing how they play out you know it's so well written in that way and also it just kind of feels like sort of like a almost like a stage play sort of luck sort of thing you know that they would meet kind of like a theater sort of moment where it's like it's like, yeah, it's unlikely, but it holds so much narrative value that they meet and talk about their philosophies and they don't know, like you said, how much Walt has impacted him in what he's talking about. So, you know, that's such a cool thing. And I really like that in that, in the series and as in that episode. Um, but yeah, you keep so, the hopes it kind of leads up to that. You can see from the snippets of what's of the plane crash at the beginning. You're like, what? Right. Yeah. I didn't yeah, know there's no, you know, there's another season. Everyone can't be dead. There's like, what is going yeah. on? Yeah, I almost completely <laughs> forgot about that. The whole like the black and white sequences at the beginning of like yeah. half the, the pool, episode. The teddy bear in the pool and the, the bodies on the, yeah. their front driveway. You're like, what well, is going I, and, on? And Connor said the same thing when we started watching it. He's like, I know they're not going to die because there's three more seasons. But right, <laughs> I can. I was like, Connor, you're never. There's no way you'll ever guess what happens. No, you literally, no you could not guess. guess. You could no, no one could ever guess. Yeah. Okay, and he was saying that like up to like the night we watched the last episode, like we were watching them. She was like, "Yeah, you're still not gonna guess." And I was like, "You're right, I won't." And then well, you, I just came in from the air. <laughs> but then it starts. You get to the end of the episode, and you see him like you know in the break room at work, and you're like, "Oh, okay." And then he walks into the room, and you see him with their headphones, and you're like, "Wait." Oh, you, yep, you need no, they're air traffic controllers, and you see him yeah. start sweating, and he says, oh, Jimmy, no. and you're like, "Oh no, I know exactly what's gonna happen." It's, it's not going to go well. Yeah. Oh. And the scene is so well done the way that he keeps talking and the ambience keeps ringing in his ears and they close, they go very close in on his face sort of thing. Oh. It's a, just a really well done scene too. Oh, um, yeah. And really, you know, you feel that anxiety. Man, so if, um, if season five had been slightly weaker, season two would have stayed as my number one season. Cause it's, I, I could yeah. definitely make an argument for season two being second best season. season I can't four argue for being number five though. Season four was really good. Season four is my yeah, number three. Season four was like perfect, I think, for kind of introducing in like you feel the anxiety that Walter is feeling every episode, knowing that someone could come and shoot him in the back of the head at any second. Obviously, that won't happen, but you feel <laughs> like the you feel the pressure of the invisibility of Gus Fring and his forces closing in on Walter. You know, and that's my favorite part of season four. I'd say. Um, but yeah. Season season three, I think, it follows next. It's just yeah. those two guys that can believe their whole story from going from Mexico, getting across the border. Their whole goal is just to kill Walter. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I think I that's a good, ref- good lead in. Referred to as the three. twins. Yeah, they call them the twins. I think. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. The show is, but you know, seeing that every episode them get closer and closer to Walter is crazy. And of course, as we you know we saw, he's in the shower and they're just sitting on the bed. This moment that's been built up, you know, for Whoa. seven episodes or whatever. <laughs> How's he gonna get away from this? <laughs> and you know, again, another example of the universe and forces that are totally outside of Walter's control just sparing him and saving him, you know, when they get called off and put on to Hank instead. Poor Hank. Yeah, poor Hank. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, season three, a lot happens again. Um, Season three's really strong, and it's got a lot of good intros, too. Like, the first first episode's got them, everyone in the city, just, like, crawling on their hands and knees. What the hell? And they just leave all of their expensive suits at, like, some random person's house. Put on just, like, their random clothes. Just leave. Poor Skylar through all this. Yes, he this just... is really... Skylar just really starts getting shafted, I think, in this season. And uh, Oh, I guess people, people, don't, people don't like Skylar. Yeah, I guess we should talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. Okay. Yeah. This last night about people just have people hate Skylar. But, I mean, I feel... More sorry for Skylar than yeah. No, I, just, I, oh. okay. I mean it's a yeah. Connor, go ahead. Oh, I just like just one quick side thing because I yeah. think I think it was just in season two and I forgot about it because I didn't remember which episode it was. But the introduction is like one off, like not a, not another one like it, but where it's the um, mariachi band singing the like original oh. song about yeah Heisenberg. I think it's uh, Negro Iazul is the that's I, part in my, yeah, yeah episode eight then yeah. That were the episode before, episode seven, I think the one before Pentecostal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that intro is one of the best. Honorable mention, best one for season two. Sorry, yeah, no, that's another that. example. I feel like of a few moments like that in the show where it's just like totally like quirky, very like dynamically written, almost again theater like writing where it's like very unrealistic, but it just it it's just either holds narrative value or it's just really adds style and uh, flair to the series, you know? So what is the hate for Skylar? Where does... Okay, yeah, so... I mean... It's such a complex sort of thing in terms of, like... It says so much about the, the mindset of the general public that, you know, if you... And this is... There's still evidence of this online. You know, you can go on you know, the Breaking Bad Reddit or even look up old reviews from 2009. Like, people, because of how well the series puts you in the perspective of Walter, A, and I think B, also, I think uh, it goes without saying, and you have to mention this, where it's just straight-up misogyny (laughs) where people are, like, hate Skylar, you know, call her names and stuff because she's, like, you know, quote-unquote, uh, limiting walter or doesn't understand what he's going through you know there's so many different excuses they use but it's just kind of mind-blowing how you could uh, you know i don't know you what, you guys have any thoughts i just well this poor woman she's like you know what's, what's her family wants you know yeah and like what's her family she, she, you know, even times if walter was a good guy and didn't lie to her she would love him too she wouldn't uh, they're put in a position yeah. where she was reaching out to another Another person for support. And I think right. the ep- I think the episode in which this comes to a head, and like I've heard 
very opposing views on this episode. Like I've heard people say for like after this episode, they thought like she was fully justified and like she is in the wrong. Like she is, you know, in the right and like she's treated better. I've heard other people call it like, oh, like she's a bitch. Like Skylar's the worst. Like mm-hmm. I completely hate her. And I, which I also think is the best titled episode of season three, IFT episode three. Yeah. And um, yeah, no, it's, I just, you know, exactly what Mr. Park said, where it's like, I think anyone who's in the position of, you know, your husband is constantly lying to you. Uh, your husband, I mean, she doesn't know this yet, but is a drug dealer, you know, I mean, I don't think it's out of line for her to, like you said, seek support from someone else. Um, yeah, and I mean, like, I mean, she's Walter, been... Walter has literally murdered people, you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, like, it's, it's trying to salvage the relationship. Like, it's not like she's just like, oh, whatever, like, you know, this isn't going great. But, like, she's been trying and trying and yeah. trying and is getting lied to over and over and over again. Like, she's just, like, she doesn't know what else to do at this point. It's like, she feels like she she's done with the relationship. It's pretty much is done. Like, if you lie yeah, to someone that is. much, like, you can't expect that relationship to be fine. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, yeah, Did she no, find out about Walt dealing drugs before she has the affair? No. She doesn't find yeah, out about specifically what it is until... I think, season four. I think. Yeah, season four. Beginning of, beginning of season four. Um, okay. Which we'll get to. Um, I just want to mention before we finish season three, I think we have to talk about The Fly. You know, The Fly... Oh. Was one of the most divisive episodes in Breaking Bad history. Um, I think the main reason why for looking at it objectively is because you know, back when this was airing and it's where it's airing week to week, you know, I think some people just found it frustrating how much slower paced it was. You know, having gone breakneck nonstop since season mm-hmm. two to come to this episode where it's basically a stage play again. Um, I found myself fast forwarding a little bit through that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it I mean, it's just a little slower than normal. Exactly. It's just, it's not what people were used to, which I understand. But I think personally, especially having rewatched it many times now, I think it's becoming one of my favorite episodes of the series just because of how much value it holds in uh, analyzing and just, and showing where the char- where Jesse and Walter's characters are at this point in the series. And of course, you have so many brilliant little monologues, but the best and biggest one being Walter's perfect moment monologue where he describes you know when he's kind of drugged out a little bit and talks about uh the perfect moment to die in his eyes which is you know holds so much emotion in it so i think and of course also there's so much good comedy in this episode too which is great you know (laughs) it's got like a very like three stooges type of energy that's my favorite i think it's so funny (laughs) yeah falls off the railing smashes his head does like a back spin <laughs> plans to the back on the ground yeah. he's like oh and i think it's just so telling that it can have the mo- some of the most comedic moments in the whole series and also in my book one of the most emotional moments in the series with that monologue so i think that's why i like it so much and also it's just brilliantly directed by um ryan johnson who directed uh what is known as the most by many as the greatest episode of the series, Ozymandias in season five. And for those who don't know, also directed Star Wars, The Last Jedi, which is wow. also another very divisive film, but wow. I like it a lot. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I like the fly. I think it's one of my favorites. 
the fly is really good. To go back a bit, I think, and like this is something that leads into the greater arc leading to season five of like protagonist versus antagonist, Hank versus Walt, which in mm-hmm. episode six, Sunset, where you know at this point Hank's been like kind of like following, like searching down Jesse. At this point, I don't think he, he hadn't beat up Jesse yet. At this point, right? No, it's the episode after because this is. So at the end of this episode right, is when right, he gets yes. called off to like Marie's in the hospital. Yes. And then he, is, he gets so enraged that in the next episode, the first thing he does is go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is like one of the first big interactions between Heisenberg and Hank. Cause like, you know, like Walt didn't think about it much or sorry, Hank didn't think about it much at this point, but like got the call like, Oh, Marie's in the hospital. But like looking back, he was like, that was Walt. Walt had my number. But, like, you know, in the moment, it's like, oh, like, Jesse, whatever, yada, 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 almost catches them and doesn't. Like, <laughs> big episode. And then, I think... Yeah, poor Gail. Poor Gail's in season three, right? No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You bring him in. All he wants to do is just do a great job and please everybody. And <laughs> the wrong, wrong place at the wrong time. Wrong. <sighs> yeah, he seems like a, a good guy who... I guess maybe got, I mean, we don't know a lot, but I guess got a little greedy and got into the drug game, but he really doesn't seem like he belongs there and his, you know, he doesn't survive very long there, obviously. He's he's been primed into the drug game, I guess, for for a while from Gus. Gus in school, I guess Gus had this elite group that he sent to school and had them trained and he's been priming him for For years, years and years and years. Right. That is a good point. Um, And I think, yeah, sorry. I was just gonna say, um, I'm not gonna spoil it because I know you guys haven't seen it yet. But for Better Call Saul, you really get this impression of how much this town and of Albuquerque and world of Breaking Bad, how much of it painstakingly has been set up and been turmoiled and by these uh, side characters in Better Call Saul, which is a prequel, only to for Breaking Bad to come along and Walter White blows it all up in a few months. It's just, it's kind of like crazy and like, I mean, tragic and comedic and there's just so much, so many aspects of it. And um, I'm actually, I'm very excited for uh, you to see Better Call Saul, Connor. uh, Oh yeah, we're watching that this, this fall. Yeah. Um, And yeah, before we finish season three, last bit, so the, the hang, or sorry, the Mike monologue is in half measures, right? The second to last episode. Yes. Okay, yeah, that monologue, one, starts setting up the, like, the situation where, you know, with Walt and Jesse and Gail and that whole thing. Cause no by this measures. Yeah, because yes. by this point, Jesse had already had the problems with the kid, because he's, he's gotten into, um, rehab, or not the rehab, but he's gotten into, like, the NA group, and he's met the girl, I can I'm, Andrea, Andrea, and Brock. He's now met them, and he know he heard about her brother, her little brother who got killed by the gang, or who you know who was part of the gang and got killed by the gang. So then that whole thing goes with Walt killing them. Now they're on you know kind of thin ice with (laughs) Gus, and yeah, yeah, Mike's whole monologue there about like oh yeah, this guy was like you know abusing his abusing his girlfriend, wife, whatever. And I told him I would kill him. 
and then I didn't, and he killed his wife, and I think I'm not taking a half measure ever again. You're like, ooh, <laughs> someone's yeah. gonna die. Yeah, and then in the next episode, Walter takes his full measure by making Jesse kill Gale. You know, oh, yeah. and like the the loop round where he says it, he says no half measures to Mike. Like, mm-hmm. man, that was a good scene. Well, one point, I just feel like it, Walter cares about Jesse. That one scene where they find out he knows Jesse's gonna go kill those guys and he's gonna he's gonna die. Then Walter mm-hmm. jumps out of the house, races over there, and runs over those two guys, which two yeah. drug dealers. That's, that's what, an incredible oh, scene. That's what that I was, was pretty intense. That was yeah. that was intense. That's one of the things that like tosses up in the air. And, like really does make you think. Like does Walt actually care about him? But I don't yeah. know. For me, looking back on stuff like that, it's like half. He cares about him. Maybe half, maybe less than half, like Walt actually cares about Jesse. And mm-hmm. more than that, Walt doesn't want to lose his like sidekick, like his yeah. backup, his Well, and also in a deeper whatever. level, it's just sticking it to Gus Fring. And Walter cannot stand in his, you know, this whole series is his quest to be arguably, I guess, masculated and, you know, fulfill his ego trip. So you know, I think that killing those drug dealers lends to, you know, the just another action of him showing that he doesn't want to be and is not subservient to Gus Fring. You know what I mean? Um, as far as, like, protecting Jesse, I think there isn't, I mean, it's definitely more complex than just Walter's manipulating him or Walter cares about him. You know, it's very, right. very so somewhere in between, right? All of- yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's crazy because you take one hand, like, okay, yeah. He killed those drug dealers for Jesse. On the other hand, in season five, he sells, he makes Jesse a slave to Nazis. You know, so it's yeah, like it's just has me that wants him to kill him. Yeah, yeah. It's it, I don't know. It's it's very interesting, like Connor said, it's just so complex. Season five, so, I mean, he's reluctant for a while. He was everyone else was telling him to kill Jesse. He's like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah. And I guess finally, once he knew, once he was a rat, then all bets were off. Right. Where on the other hand, in season four, Jesse's being constantly told by Mike and Gus Fring that Walter has to go. But Jesse right. says, if you kill Walter, you're going to have to kill me too. You know, <laughs> just show the other side of that coin, how Jesse unflitching, unflitchingly up till season five defends Walter White. <laughs> and, you know, is like, is. So, you know, I think that's an interesting kind of dynamic. That's why. That's why when he fell, he fell hard. That's why when yeah, when the rug yeah. was pulled out from underneath him, and he learned about Walter, then rock. Then yeah. it was his, oh. his his rock was done. His rock was pulled. Rug was pulled under. His rock he looked up to was taken away, and he was mm-hmm. done. Yeah, I've got a lot. I've got a lot to say about that, but I'll wait till we're two season five before I start that discussion. <laughs> yes. Um. So for season four. Oh, sorry. Was there anything in season three that we? needed to cover did i give my favorite intro for season three? Ooh, maybe not i did not okay. well, so in the season three is what really starts jesse down his whole bad path once he once yeah. he has once he kills gail he's just a suffering wreck. Really. he's a wreck yeah. at the beginning of season four for a while yeah i know i mean i don't, don't think plays on him. his emotions and his <laughs> I mean, killing Gale never really leaves him, you know? No, um, no. Even up until season five when he's giving that confession, we're shown at some point later on through the DVD of the confession. 
where he's talking about it very emotionally. You know, he says like his eyes were so wide and he was like a like a dog and all this stuff. Where you know, it clearly like is this the stone that you know sinks Jesse. Um, mm-hmm. I think to his demise. Yeah, I think to put in my my vote for best opening of season three is the first episode where they're all just crawling on like their arms and knees to the building. I think that one's the best. Mm-hmm. And also, before we move on to season three, I'd... correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is in season three, but the whole thing where the twins actually get put on Hank and Hank ends up in the hospital, that's all in season three, right? Yes. Yep. It is. Yep. Yeah, which that's its own um, whole crazy thing. Right. That I mean, that scene where, you know, they're after Hank in the supermarket parking lot is oh, poor hank he can't win yeah uh you know and he gets that call from gus fring you know one minute you know and uh yeah in that one minute so much happens and yeah it's just crazy they do a really good job one of my favorite parts of that scene is when he's coming at the the last twin is coming for him with the axe dragging on the ground and they show hank trying to load the gun and um i don't know the way that it's edited if you watch it is very very well done kind of like flashing in between him putting in and dropping and putting it in and dropping it. And it's all, you know, very bloody and stuff. So it's just the, again, the tension in that scene is so well done. Oh yeah. That's probably one of the most like on the edge of your seat scenes for me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, As far as intros though, Connor, you know, episode two, we do get the Walter getting uh, pepper sprayed intro. That one, that one is good. I think that's fun. It's it's kind of funny. It is, it is yeah. definitely funny. Doesn't doesn't. I'll make that one an honorable mention. That was definitely good. <laughs> you know, horse with no name. He's singing horse with no name and gets pulled over. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's good. But yeah, I think uh, that's pretty much it as far as. Because yeah, then this is like just like you know, put it in for general plot discussion. This is also where Skyler finds out about him being a meth dealer and where he got the money and then starts the story of it being a gambling thing. A gambling issue. And... But this, they don't yeah, bring it to the family. They don't bring it to the family in season three. No, but they do pay for Hank's bills with the drug money. And they told Marie. That it was gambling, yeah. Yeah. Nobody else. Yeah. Um... I, think, I, think, I think that's... Yeah, that's, that's, that's the main stuff for now. If we think of anything, yeah, we'll come back to it. Um, of course, season four, episode one, box cutter. I, I mean, come on, <laughs> that's got to be the best intro, right? Is that the intro? Is it the intro? Or is it not the intro? I don't think it's the intro. I think that's just in the episode. Oh no, sorry. The teaser is, or the intro is, the flashback of, uh, Gail. Yeah, yeah, Gil talking showing, Gustavo into hiring yes. Walter. And of course, White. you see him opening a box with the box cutter and putting it in the drawer, which after the teaser, we'll see Gus use. Um, not on a box. Yeah, but, right. But on, on. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Gail ends up basically killing himself. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, that. I mean, I think that's the... I like how, you know, right out the gate of season four with that episode, with that not the intro, but after the intro, seeing Gus use the box cutter instantly is like, okay, you know, Gus is not to be messed with. He's not this very, you know, temper controlled 
Uh, I mean, he's temper control, but he's not the. He's not just the. Uh, chicken store owner who is a gu- who is a drug dealer. <laughs> he is a drug kingpin. Yeah, who will kill? You know. Oh yeah. So, and the crazy thing about that. Crazy thing about that scene too is like trying to think about why exactly did he kill that guy with the box cutter? Because like. Yeah, that was like one of his like main assistant guys went around and helped Mike with a lot of stuff. Like, and he could have taken over the lab. That guy could have just he knew how to cook. Yeah, he could have taken over. But yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons possibly. Oh, yeah. I knew they knew they guess he was fingers. Somebody could finger him being at the scene of the crime. That's why right. he just had to, had to kill him. Because, yeah, that eventually does come back around. That, like, they had that guy ID and were looking for him. But you're like, oh, Right, right. I think because, A, well, we don't know what the quality of Victor's cook would have been, which I think would have been objectively the most important to Gus. Whereas Gus knows for a fact that Walter cooks the best meth ever cooked in his, you know, line of work. I think for Gus it was like, okay, risk assessment. He can kill Victor send a message by and by doing that send a message to Jesse and Walter not to mess with him and to instill fear into them and still have the best mess you know what i mean versus like <laughs> i think it would have been very weird and not not very beneficial for Gus as the as the kingpin to come in and wait for Victor's cook and see how it is and then decide who to kill you know what i mean i think that this obviously has more dramatic potential but also i think makes sense i think yeah, that was a good episode. This is why I might head out at this point in time. Okay. All right. Well, Thanks. thank you was... very much for, for having me. You no, know, thank you for joining us. Uh, Appreciate I it. hope we you know can have you again sometime. Yeah, that would be great. And, uh, is there any call final Saul if we watch we watch yes, that one? <laughs> we do. That one's incredible. Is there anything that yes, you good. want to say to the the listeners slash viewers? Um about if they haven't watched the movie, I think they need to watch the movie after after for just a great tie up to the the whole show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. these kind of leaves Jesse hanging at the end. This kind of helps to tie things up. Yeah, it's a great conclusion to the show. I really enjoyed the movie after the after the series. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it was great to have All you. Right, guys. Thank you very That's much. Good. Thank you. Have a great night. And, uh, nice. And we're back. We're back. And we hope to have Mr. Park on many, many more episodes uh, as you'd like. And um, if you liked it, you know, give him a compliment down in the comments, guys. So, <laughs> we're going to continue on, Connor and I, and uh, let's just keep talking. So, we were talking about season four of Breaking Bad, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, arguably, yeah, so you can say about any of these seasons, like, arguably, it's one of the, you know, like... Oh, yeah, you can um, definitely make an argument for every season being the best. I mean, I feel like, I feel like one will just get... Season one, to everything. me, personally, doesn't feel like... For me, I group season one and two in my mind because it's like season one is so short. It's basically yeah. like a pilot for the series. So, you know. Yeah. And like it definitely has some very strong episodes and like solid scenes. It's like nothing to sleep over, nothing to sneeze yeah, over. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, as yeah. like, you know, comparing like season one to like season, you know, five or two or four, like it's just, I don't know, not quite it. And like I said earlier, season four, um, that anxiety, every single episode, you're getting more and more of Walter getting paranoid, getting scared for his life, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, to the point where I think towards the end, it's 
almost becomes comical, like how like upset he constantly is in some scenes, in contrast to Jesse, who as the season goes on, gets cooler and cooler as a cucumber sort of thing where he, you know. Which like, you know, you could see it as becoming, you know, cooler, more chill. And like up until, you know, the point where Wal- or where Mike starts taking him out, like he it really just seems like he's like dissociating and like going oh, yeah. so deep. I'm counting that. Depression. But yeah, that's a good point. Um Yeah. And um Yeah, that that was definitely possibly his uh you know, one of his lower points. But um I think think that uh it's cool to see Jesse become like a legit part of the operation versus, you know, constantly. I mean, he's still a lackey, but, you know, still like kind of holding his own and becoming more confident. And I think that, you know, Gus's approach to doing that rather than just killing Jesse, um, you know, worked pretty well, even th- even if it was sort of because Walter would lose his mind if that happened. But, you know. Oh, yeah. And like just the amount of like manipulate, like. You know, Jesse's being manipulated by Gus and Mike into like feeling important and individualist, and so he will like you know sign off to them killing Walt. But yeah. he's also being manipulated by Walt, saying, "Oh, they're manipulating you into coming against me, so that means yeah. you've got to just come completely for me." And it's like Jesse just cannot catch a break. You know, through this whole thing, like I don't know, it just really makes sense. Like, he just has the, all the party, like just the nonstop party at his house, just throwing money at people because he has so much and he's just dealing with so much. And no one around him that he's dealing with really sees him as a person. So he's just like, he just is so lost and gone. Yeah. And um, I think it's, you know, also the sequence where he like goes to Mexico with Gus and Mike, you know, and uh, schools those Mexican uh, meth cookers, you know, and like, holds again, just holding his own, you know, it's cool to see that. And um, those are also just good episodes, you know, Salud, where, you know, Gus kills everybody with the poisonous alcohol. Um, You know, that's a good episode. And, um, of course, we have Crawl Space, which is, you know, just a high octane, also crazy episode. Oh, yeah. Alter's life gets turned directly by Gus. Yeah, I think... I think, like, once, like, you know, the scenes kind of just go in, like, you know, chugging along, making plot points. But then the moment that Gus brings, or, like, the moment that Gus takes those pills by the pool, from that, like, moment on, the season just goes into overdrive. Like, everything mm-hmm. goes insane. They kill all those people. Jesse has to, like, bring them out to the hospital because they're both dying. Then they get back and they, like, threaten Walt's life and his whole family. And then he goes into the crawl space to try and find this. And plus this whole, like, you know, the whole Ted not paying off the IRS backstory right. going on. It's, like, not even the main thing, but it's, like, still a real, like, big point of stress. Because you're like, man, like, if Ted doesn't pay this off, like, this could be a really big issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, that, like, you know, everything is going to shit for everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, like, that leads to them not having the money to, like, relocate entirely. And he, like, lays in the crawl space. I don't... I, I this. This might be a hot take. It might even be a hot take for me. Like, I would might disagree with myself. Mm-hmm. But hot take, number one scene, end of episode 11, Walter under the house, not enough money, just 
uncontrollably laughing. La- yeah, just Joker laughing. <laughs> and Skylar just standing up above him in the laundry room, just bawling, like, so scared and confused. Like, what is happening? Yeah. And then, and then you know, end times after that, where he's, you know, running around like a madman, you know, trying to figure out how to kill Gus Fring. Uh, also, you know, manipulates Jesse into, you know, by poisoning Brock um, and into working with him to take down Gus. And, um, but you don't find, you don't realize that he wait, you don't know poisoned that. Brock until the very end of the season, right? That's right. the last Well, Walter episode. manipulates the audience by his explanation. Yeah. And you're kind of like, oh, okay. You know, like, <laughs> there's no reason you would think that he would poison Brock at that point. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so you're, you're kind of along with Jesse on that one. Because, yeah, like that, because you don't think about it being Walt at all until Jesse pulls up to Walt and holds him at gunpoint lying on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then, of course, there's, you know, right after that. Well, also, in that, I like in that scene, uh, something I kind of had forgotten about was the scene where Walter puts the bomb on Gus's car. That, really yeah, that was something I was going to bring up. And, you know, Gus walks away. And you're like, wow, this is really is the end. <laughs> you know, he's just screwed. So Yeah, you're like, seem like, and then you're like, man, like, how in the world could Gus have known about the bomb? But then, like, at once you find out that it was Walt thinking back, and, like, you know, like, Gus was like, Jess, you have to come into work. Like, you have to come with us right now. Like, just come cook. And he was like, no, like, I know what you did to Brock. Like, I know you poisoned Brock. Like, I know you tried to do this for me. And, like, looking back, you know, like, oh, in that moment, Gus real Gus knew that Walt had poisoned Brock to try to manipulate Jesse. Yeah. So like, so that's why he backed off immediately. He was like, okay, stay as long as you yeah. need. And uh, it can't be understated how smart Gus is, you know. Um, and that's something that's shown throughout the series and shown by effect. Again, and no spoilers, by effect and Better Call Saul. So, you know... It's just crazy that Walter did it to take him down in the end. And, um, you know, Face Off. Like I told you when you watched it, now you know why it's called Face Off, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, yeah. I want to hear your thoughts on that because, you know, I feel like I could, you know, I've seen it like four times and I could talk about on the it. The episode as a whole or like the title or Well, just your first scene. reaction to the episode, first of all, I would say. Okay. So... I mean, I I, I, I I gotta say, I always love it, a scene where they bring Hector Salamanca back in. Something we didn't mention earlier, because I didn't remember what episode it was on, but my personal favorite Hector Salamanca scene, I think it's in the middle of season two, where Hank brings Hector in to be interrogated the DEA. Yeah. in DEA, and you're like, oh no. Like, he knows it's over. Walter, yeah, yeah. He knows Walter, he knows Jesse, he's gonna rat, and like he's got the bell. And I'm like, oh no, and he just shits. <laughs> yeah, no, I did not see that coming at all. I was like, it's well, over. Yeah. I was so stressed. And he's that's how you know he's like an old school gangster. No matter what, no matter how much you hate the other guy, you, you're not a rat. You do not rat. Yeah. Which leads to the face off episode because that's how they get Gus to come in, is they fake that Hector is going to the DEA, mm-hmm. that he's going to talk to the DEA, and then. Um, which, you yeah, know, Gus which, says, what kind of man talks to the DEA? You know, that's what he says to him. Yeah, like, it makes him, you know, makes him angry. He gets him, like, in his yeah. head. He's like, why, like, why would you do this? I didn't, like, this is not, 
something I expect from you. Like, and because you of this? Gus's hatred, personal hatred, because um, Hector killed his partner, you know, all those years ago, because of his personal hatred, he's not thinking. You know, I feel like Gus, on a normal level, would, would be, he's smart enough where he'd be like, well, he hasn't talked to the DEA for 30 years. He's not going to now. But because he's so blinded by his hatred for Hector, his only thought is to punish him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, so he's like, it's blinded by that. And man, that last shot, like, you know, the explosion goes off and you're like, oh my gosh, like that was crazy. He got, and then Gus walks out of the room and straightens and his like, tie. Yeah. And you're like, what? No, how? <laughs> there's no way he survived that. Like, I remember saying like, well, that's, that's BS. Like, there's no way he made it out. That's so lame. What? How did he? And then the shot turns and the whole half of his face is just gone. You're like, that explains everything. That makes more mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, but man, that Genius. shot was crazy. Well, even um, I mean, there's a whole behind the scenes thing I highly recommend. It's on YouTube, I think, specifically about the end of season four. There's one about the whole series. There's one about everything. There's a lot of documentaries, but there's the one where they do that one. They show and talk about how much effort went into making that explosion. It's fully practical. When you see the debris, when you see the things flying, that's all practical. You know, the, the practical effects on Gus's face, you know, it's not CGI. I mean, it's enhanced by CGI a little bit, but it's mostly real, like, makeup and prosthetics, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that's one thing about this show is um the level of care and detail to everything, you know? From the story, from the little bits in the story and things that are linking to each other. From the filmmaking, you know, the directing by Ryan Johnson, by Vince Gilligan, by all these uh, incredible directors. The writing, of course, like I said. And then finally, you know, the effects, the practical of it. You know, it's shot on film. The practical effects in scenes like that. Um, the editing, you know, I told you the story. Um, I highly recommend anyone listen to the Insider podcast for both Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. But I, I was telling Connor about how, you know, there's a scene. I, is This is the season where he has the parties, right? In his house. Yeah, this is in season. Yeah, season. Yeah, so there's a there's four, a scene where, and I'm not trying to, you know, steal the content off of that podcast. But, you know, they talk about it extensively for like an hour. About uh, the end of one of those episodes, he's sitting in his house, you know, with the music blasting behind him uh, on these large speakers. And everything in the house is like shaking with the with the base you know so you think how do they do that and they tell this really like insane production story about how they took these speakers and they had to be wired by it and by the way the whole basically the whole series is filmed in albuquerque um so they had to go to this local sound shop in albuquerque and get the guy to create a special audio track that would produce bass uh would produce bass but they didn't actually play bass would have the effects of the would basically make it shake at such a high frequency but not cause it to blare sound and you know uh, blast jesse uh aaron paul's eardrums and you know <laughs> so uh and there's a whole story about how they couldn't do it because it was like almost christmas and there were uh, you know holidays and all the stores were closing down in albuquerque and just it, i mean so much level of care goes into little things like that you know, throughout the series. I think that's just something that's so rare, you know, nowadays. Oh, yeah. Like, th- this is definitely something I've never even, like, like, I've had the option. I've had, like, DVDs that have this, whatever. But I've never, 
had the desire or even like thought about wanting to watch something with commentary but like breaking yeah. bad like i would go back and rewatch the entire show with like commentary over every episode from like the directors writers cinematographers yeah. like whoever they have doing it like just no, to hear I all like my i should get it on dvd i'd love to get it on dvd that'd be a sick yeah i don't even have a dvd player like i mean my here at my parents house i do but like i don't own one but i yeah that'd be a sick DVD well if you player. ever you know guys people out there if you remember if you might not you might think oh i don't have a dvd player but you have like a playstation or xbox that's a dvd player you know sure. so yeah no but i'd highly recommend if anyone rewatches or watches i mean I'm, i doubt anyone who's watching hasn't seen the show but if you're gonna rewatch it i'd recommend this is what i did when i rewatched it with connor is after you watch an episode or whatever episode you finish on go back and listen to those podcasts insider podcasts online it's just really really informative and good stuff for if you're interested in that kind of thing so uh, yeah. yeah. All right. So I think you know, we covered a lot of season four. Um, Everything. I, I I feel lame that like I had my my strong segment of the favorite intro going for the first seasons, but I I just don't remember any of the introductions for season four. Um. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I'm pretty sure most of them are just like. You know, like those just like little small little, one-off scenes. Well, yeah, one where he's like buying the gun, right? Mm-hmm. The episode two, episode three is when Walter sees the surveillance camera and gives it the middle finger. Um, episode four is okay. Maybe episode four with Mike and the and the gunman when Mike is in the truck and his ear gets blasted off. Ooh. That might be the best one. We can, can we talk about we didn't talk about Mike yet. You're right. We a and I agree. I do agree. Season yeah, no, episode four. That's the best one. That's where they start. They're doing the delivery of all the stuff in the truck, and they shoot up the van. Mike's in it, gets his ears shut off, and then kills all of them when he gets out of the van. Yeah, that is the best one. Mike in the season is. Uh, I mean, you know, he he's a killer, obviously, but. He is a killer that I think he is like what I think people want Walter to be, which is like you want to love Walter, you want to side with morals type thing. Yeah, with Mike, obviously, you know, sure, like okay, he murders people and that's bad, and he's that probably makes him a bad person if we're being you know (laughs) honest, but he's still like you sympathize with him because he it seems like he actually cares about providing for his granddaughter. Versus Walter's, like, fake, like, it's for my family. I did it for the family. You know, where you mm-hmm. know he's like, okay, you're bullshit. Whereas oh, with yeah. Mike, I think you buy it a little bit more. Oh, yeah. And to go back a bit, too, to, like, Mike's first scene. I think it's it's at the end of season two. Where it's it's after, after Jane, Jane dies. dies. Yeah. yeah. And it got, er, Saul sends him in. He's, like, cleans up. He's, like, dude, like, okay, I got everything in this bag. Like, tell me, what was the line that he was had Jesse repeat? Uh, I don't remember the exact line, but he kept... It was the story of what he was going to tell the paramedics. And he's like, I need to hear you say it, kid. You know. Slapped him across the face. Like, from that first opening scene, you're like, dang. This yeah. guy's... And like, this guy's it. Back at that point, he wasn't supposed to be in the show for long. That was supposed to be kind of like a one-off, two-off sort of thing for him. Uh, where he has, like, a few scenes. And he was only known as the cleaner back then, too. You know, if you go back and you listen to... Uh, 
interviews or the podcast, they only refer to him as the cleaner. And it's is only he in, in credits as the cleaner? I believe so. In that original episode, yeah. It's only in the last season that you learn, you know, you get more insight as to him, to who he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know. And it just makes it all the more heartbreaking when Walter kills him in season five. <laughs> yeah, so... That's a little more season 5B, but on to season 5A, I guess that brings us. Right. So uh, I guess some people might not even know, people who just watched Breaking Bad on streaming. But back when it came out, season 5 was split up into A and B, and there was a year in between them because they hadn't finished it. So season A had eight episodes, and season B had another uh, eight. Another eight, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yes, episode yeah. eight of part A aired September 2nd, 2012. And the first episode of 5B didn't come till almost 11 months later, August 11th, 2013. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, yeah, no, because when season eight, 5A came out, they didn't even have 5B finished in writing. Um, which is pretty interesting. Man, which. Yeah, we'll get to 5B in a minute, because that... Season 5B is crazy, but yeah, let's start start with Season 5A. 5A's got some really sick sections in it. Like I said earlier, uh, when your dad was still here, like, Season... Season 5... If you don't, like... If Walter doesn't quit after he kills Gus Fring, you know, they, they do a pretty good job of, like, being, like... At that point, you have to know he's doing it for the ego and the pride. Oh, you know? yeah, no, please. Like, um, you know, he starts off, Mike comes back from Mexico in that first episode. I believe that's a te- Is that the teaser? Um, no, the teaser is the flash forward to him at the Denny's. Yes, which I think I might have to say that is the best intro of season five. Because that one really gets you going. It's like, where is this going? Is this like a flashlight after it's over? Is this like something we're going to come back to? Like, it just really gets you going. And like... Because it's... Is it in episode one where you find out it's his 51st birthday? Or is it in episode two? I think it's two. Okay, but yeah, very quickly after you find out like, oh, it's his 51st. Which means that's a year after. Yeah, Yeah. it has him doing the bacon on his 52, 52 on in what some diner in new Hampshire, or some diner i can't remember where the diner is but he has an id with a different name saying he's from new hampshire i believe that they say later on that the denny's is you know albuquerque because marie calls skyler and is like they found his car at a denny's you know what yes I, mean? I think yeah, it's yeah, in yeah. town okay um, but yeah but, uh and he also buys the he has the you see he has the machine guns in his mm-hmm. trunk buys them all right um yeah, you see that and you're like where in the world is this leading this is this is crazy yeah and then so yeah so he pretty quickly decides to start back up the business with with a uh, mike and jesse well no it starts yeah that's true but it starts with they have evidence because they have the evidence. You're right. You're right. You're right. I totally forgot about the whole the camera sequence. from the lab, and that's how he ropes. I think Mike and Jesse back in, which is mm-hmm. like you might hate me, whatever, but we have to deal with this because it involves all of us on camera. 
Yeah, and they have to find out like yeah about where the cam or where the laptop with the camera stuff is held on it. I mean, talk about crazy because I mean that heist scene was insane. Okay, actually, actually, now that we think more about it, and I won't, I won't spoil it yet, but that scene, the, the scene from the beginning of the first one, is an honorable mention. Maybe second place, but it's not my not my number one intro scene. Okay. Which I'll say in a minute because just plot wise, plot wise season oh, one yeah. is so thick. Is it episode seven? No, it's episode. Oh. I think it might be episode two, actually. But, anyways, so first, so you know, in the first episode, like they have to get the camera, and you like at, at some point during the episode, Hank they have saying like, oh yeah, like it's encrypted. We're just not going to be able to get into the laptop, so that's not something that we're like even putting, like work or like you know we're not yeah. putting anything. Well, towards I, yeah, I think it's later on, like after they maybe not when after they done the heist possibly, where Hank finds out about what happened and he's like, yeah, and I mean the first thing I did was try to get into the laptop or something, which is yeah, crazy. And, yeah, <laughs> and you find out later like nothing that they did there was even necessary. Like did not. Act, like, I remember thinking that problem. too. Like I don't think Hank would just let that sit in evidence if there was. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, no, it's like, like, oh well, but then yeah, like when they use the big magnet truck to pull everything in, the picture frame smashes and gives them information about Madrigal, right? And like, it has like an address, like a financial thing, which so is something which leads inadvertently, to inadvertently, yeah, a whole by, big issue. Inadvertently, by trying to erase the evidence they gave them the evidence that leads to everyone's demise. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, so it leads to, so that leads to my favorite intro scene, which is the German, all the scientists standing in a line and the one guy with a bowl of chicken nuggets. And they like explain the sauces to them, to the guy. And he starts slow. They're like really explaining the sauce. Like grab the chicken nugget. Taste it. Takes a second. But then as he goes through, he starts eating them faster and faster. And the guy explaining the sauce is just getting like so anxious. That is, um, that's, that's ketchup. And it's okay. That one's honey. Like just going, just like getting faster and faster, getting so stressed. And he just pushes the sauce and starts eating chicken nuggets. You're like, what the hell is happening? And then I thought they were like hash browns. I couldn't tell. I don't know. I thought it was chicken nuggets, but like irrelevant. Just like sauces. And then like he's going towards the meeting. With like, you know, you can see it's police officers. And instead he goes into the bathroom, locks the door, pulls out the defibrillator, one in his heart, one in his mouth, heart failure, kills himself. It's like the most absurd sequence. Yeah, no, it's crazy. That feels like out of like a, I don't know, like Tarantino sort of, you know what I mean? Like very like highbrow sort of. Oh yeah. No, I remember, I remember watching that. I'm like, cat, my, my sister's in the room and I was like, what the hell is happening? What are we watching? It's just like eating chicken nuggets like faster and faster. <laughs> so weird. But no, that one, that is my number one for season five. Yeah, no, I'd, I might agree with that. Um, dude, I want to say though, also in this episode, we get that beginning scene where Jesse calls Walt and tells him that the ricin thing is missing, still missing, and he's afraid that someone might find it because you know he realized that yeah anyway so yeah walter goes and like helps him quote unquote find it 
and then after all that, like, plants it. Plants a fake one, too. Yeah, fake one, obviously, because he still has the rice in, mm-hmm. in his house. Just in the um, Roomba. And then you get the yeah. scene with Jesse breaking down, like, I almost killed you. And you're like, bitch, you should have. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's heartbreaking. Um, you also get introduced to Lydia. Mm-hmm. Who is, like... I, I mean, she's she's a great character because she's, like... She's both, like, neurotic and anxious and, like, she's like, oh, I don't want to do any of this. But also it's like, maybe you should just kill him. Like, she's like, floats the idea of, like, murdering people as well. Like, oh, yeah, like she's, she's in the game, but she's, like, out of it. And it's, like, it's, it's such a funny, like, dynamic. She's a very interesting character. And then, you know, she leads to the scene of, like, that guy trying to assassinate Mike. And I'm, like, putting, like, the teddy bear on the door and coming in behind him. Like, just a classic, yeah. like, Mike being good scene. Yeah, and then Mike uh, sneaks into Lydia's house, right, and mm-hmm. like is going to kill her, um, but doesn't because she can still get methylamine, which they need because he's back in the game because all of his money got seized by the feds because mm-hmm. of the evidence they found at Madrigal. So he needs to work with Walter for the money for his granddaughter. Um, and then. Oof, season eight's got a lot of really, really good episodes. Or, yeah, sorry, season five has a lot of really good episodes. But I think one of the best, and one that's worth talking about because it's the earliest too, is the train heist episode. Yes, yeah, that's a great one. I think it gets, it's Todd's big introduction. Todd, yeah. Todd and, is, yeah. <laughs> and plus, I mean, the train heist itself is just awesome. I think it's a really oh, it cool is. scene. I'm a big heist scene, heist fan. I love heist movies, heist scenes. Thought that was a good one. I I also like that. I know you one of my favorite episodes. Not only does it have the the heist scene, but it also has that beginning part where they like interrogate Lydia. True. <laughs> yeah. Like a that, funny ass scene. It's that's a really really good episode. And then okay, yeah, just like just just fun thing to mention. I want to like want to say before we get past it. I think the whole like cooking setup of them working with the like the termite company and like going yeah, in before they bug blast the house like it's just yeah. so cool led to very some very sick visuals like the setup of the lab and the houses also just like a, just I, I don't I thought it was just a cool idea I thought it was I thought that yeah. was my favorite lab setup of the show yeah no I cooking out of an RV is like that's that's already like wow, that's a, that's a pretty crazy good idea. But like this is like next level, definitely. Like, oh yeah, no, it's cool to see cooking like meth, cooking the meth that is the most popular form of meth in like the West United States that is being desperately searched for by the federal, you know, agencies. It's just being cooked in people's houses. <laughs> like, that's oh yeah, no. like just like seeing the like the evolution of the lab throughout the show, I think is so cool. Like going yeah. from like. You know, the RV, and then in Jesse's basement for a while, and then back to the RV, and then the big lab at Gus's place under the warehouse, and then into the, you know, into just people's houses while they're bug blasting. I'm like, it's just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Very fun. I think it's cool. It's a cool part yeah. of it. Right. And, of course, Todd works at the pest company. And mm-hmm. um, Todd, who starts out, like you said, when you're watching it, like, Man, this guy is pretty chill. <laughs> like, 
with the yeah, knife. Yeah, you know, like, it's just like a, you're just an alright guy. First, like, he makes some dumb mistakes, like you know, killing the kid. You're like, that's objectively bad. But he's like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, guys. Like, I I just was trying to help out. Like, he's like, man, Todd, you're just you're just what a guy. You can't hate Todd. Yeah, we don't know about that last part, but <laughs> I don't know. I like. Todd does a lot of really messed up things, but there's just something about his character. I can't It's because hate he's Todd. a sociopath, Connor. You're falling for it. You're literally being manipulated by a sociopath. I mean, maybe I am. He's got, got we, a sweet we, voice. Got a sweet voice. Haven't we met enough real-life sociopaths? Listen, I don't, have to, I don't have to interact with Todd at all. Never, I know objectively he's a bad guy, but, like, man, I, I don't know. It is the sociopathicness of him, like, not feeling bad, not being, like, no. angry. He's just like, oh, whatever. Yeah, literally, he's like dissolving a eight-year-old's corpse in a barrel, and he's like, "Man, I'm sorry, Mister White." I <laughs> like, like, what? like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's a it's a good break from the people that are just like objectively awful and like angry and like no, but it's worse than. I mean, Jesse killed Gail, and that you know affects him like forever, as as it should, as a normal human being. <laughs> this is I mean? this is true. Yeah. <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. I guess it just adds a, a an interesting dynamic to the character arc of like, or not the character arc, but like the yeah, archetype of like what they're fitting into of like you know the drug deal. Like you got like, you know, like Mike, like the hardened like older guy. You got Jesse, like this you know good guy, like no. haunted by his decisions. You got Walt, and then Todd's just like I don't know. It feels like comic relief to me. Yeah, no, I, well, I was telling you, it almost feels like a GTA, like, if anyone's ever played or watched, like, the story of GTA 5, it feels like that kind of world in Season 5 with with Walt, Mike, and Jesse, and then also Todd is, like, a side character, where it's, like, messed up and dark, but also, like, very comedic, the way they all interact with each other, um, for the most part, obviously. Uh, things take a turn pretty quickly, but in the beginning, at least, like, the first two episodes... Yeah. I felt like that, mm-hmm. especially with that train heist. <laughs> um, but yeah, so right. okay, so uh, the last two episodes of Five A are really big plot ones. So before we get there, the one last thing I want to say is uh, in the end of episode six, where you know, like Mike ties Walt up in the in the office and it's like I'm leaving for the night. Like doesn't want to mess with the methylamine. And then in the morning they get there. Or no, no, no. When, when was it? I don't know. I don't know when this exact part, but the part with the It's flop. episode six buyout. That's when he ties Walter up. Yeah, but the scene with the fly specifically. No, that's after. You're talking when he's looking at the fly diagram? No, 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 no. When he's in the office. Oh, no, no, no. I am. I'm sorry. I'm skipping. You're mixing up. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah. skipping way. That's ahead. 5B. Yeah, never yeah. mind. Forget I said that. No, so it's episode seven where they renegotiate with the same people, but now mm-hmm. Walter's there, leading to possibly the most famous scene in the Breaking Bad series. Just going off of like, if you ever go on YouTube and type in like badass like movie scenes, there'll be like these compilations that also just include like TV scenes. You will very quickly find this scene in it, which is the intro for episode seven, mm-hmm. which is Say My Name. Where he's talking to the guy and you know, saying my name, Heisenberg, you're goddamn right. You know, God. possibly the most iconic quote in the series. That's a, 
not like you can really like he is the new Gus Fring, and like you can see it in that scene. Yeah. Like he has fully come into his own in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, as much as I love the freight, the train heist scene, the uh, train heist episode, I have to say, episode eight is the best one of five A. Episode eight, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it is definitely. It's a. It's the perfect ending, half ending. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. uh, leading to the big cliffhanger. Um, and uh, this is also the the one where he kills the ten people in prison in the span of two minutes. <laughs> oh yeah, like that se- It's got that sequence, which is amazing. One of the best sequences of the show. Such a cool, like crazy, like you know, cutting from person to person to person to person, and that one, like you know, catching the last guy on fire. Then he goes to Hank's house and they're talking and I don't even think arguably I think this is a cold take I, I don't I I would argue the death in this one if you disagree with me we could talk about it much longer but the number one transition of the show the and into the best scene the best use of a song in a scene where he's like you know sitting with Hank he's talking about like oh like I use like Hank's like oh I used to like work in the forest and mark trees from the cut like it sucked. Like sometimes I wish, you know, sometimes I wish I was doing that it's better than chasing down monsters. Mm-hmm. And while it's like, oh yeah, I used to like going camping. Comes <laughs> down, comes yeah. back up, same background, but now he's in the hazmat suit, and then he goes into cooking the with montage. He's cooking with Todd, yeah, and the montage and some. Uh, that's when they play um, Crystal Blue oh, Persuasion, wow. right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, come on, um, that is the that is... best transition in the show. It is the best transition and possibly the best montage in the show. Off okay. the top of my head, unless yeah. I can think of something else. But um, after I do think Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul is like, like Breaking Bad has like a few montages that are like. I think it just has a few montages. There's not many, but it has a few in your, that are very like iconic and like big. But Better Call Saul is like, it. I don't even know how to describe it. Also, I don't want to spoil it, but it's like. The. The narrative and the format and the message of the show is like lives in those montages. Like the montages mean like mean infinitely more in Better Call Saul. Like I feel like in Breaking Bad, like it's like like the Crystal of Persuasion is like, oh my god, it's such an incredible transition, incredible montage. You know, wow, like look at all this stuff and Walter cooking and stuff. But it's like it's only just it's if you look at it objectively, it's like Walter's cooking. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I mean, it's narratively, like, it's not like there's not a ton happening, but I feel like the, like using a montage for what they're trying to do in the story there is perfect. No, yeah, it, I like agree. they're just trying to show like you know like, it was just showing like Walt is at his peak. He has gotten everything he wants. He is in charge of the company. He is making all this money. Like he is the most successful he's ever been. Just. Like, you know, mm-hmm. money counters seeing the money come by seeing the deal seeing him cook seeing the money oh, yeah come no by. It, it is it is it's not that it is an important narrative it is I oh, just yeah, but like, like it doesn't like i don't, I don't know like uh, correct me if- like better call saul is like everything that is but plus more you know what i mean it doesn't diminish this i'm just saying better call saul they clearly learned from this gotcha. and know how to use it like even more you know what i mean Fair that's enough. all i'm saying yeah gotcha Okay. Um, yeah, and then the ending of this episode, everything is perfect. 
Yeah. Everything is perfect. I was saying this while we were watching it, like live while we were going through the episode. Like the whole family, you know, Walt, Skyler, Walt Jr. pushing Holly around on the little thing. Hank and Marie sitting there. They're all just like talking about whatever. Marie's talking about like vitamins in her hair. Hank and mm-hmm. I don't even know. I don't remember what Hank and Walt are talking about. Something. And then they bring up like you know Hank brewing his own beer again. It's like that. Like that seemed to me is the most reminiscent of season one of like anything you've seen yeah, since like episode three of the show. Yeah. And it's like, it's very much like, oh wow, maybe everything is gonna be okay, you know? I mean, not so much like Walter deserves it because he just murdered ten people in the span of two minutes. But yeah. More so, I think more than anything, it's like you see Skylar. Uh, yeah, because like Walt's out of it. He's like being honest with Skylar. They've like worked it all out. It's like the business is done. Everything is good. Everything's happy. And then, and then Hank walks Hank into has the back. Yeah. He happens um, to see the book and put together that Walter White is WW from Gail's book. And he yep. is Heisman. Once again, a result of Walter's ego putting that book out on the stand. Yeah. And even going back to that whole episode where Walt was over at their house for that dinner and, you know, Hank was like, yeah, Gales Heisenberg. My mission is like, my work is done. I did it. Gales Heisenberg, it's solved. And Walt was He doesn't like, really think so. Well, I mean, not like a ton, but like enough so to where he like, he's done. He's right. not going to like keep putting a ton of work in, like whatever. And Walt gets drunk and he can't stand not having like that give that you know that title that recognition being given to somebody else he's like i don't know he seems seems derivative seems like he's trying to copy someone and like just your genius might still be out there yeah yeah sends hank right down the rabbit hole and like keeps when he tells him there's no debate either because in the next episode i think he's like yeah and then you said that thing and that that got me going that got me like thinking you know like it's very clearly a result of walter you know which like so, oh that scene hurt man it did hurt in the way of like and like it's hard too because like obviously you don't i don't know i don't, I don't sympathize with Walt. i think he's an awful person like he lies yeah. he's telling me all these like crappy stuff but like it's just in the sense of like it's his perspective like it still makes you feel certain ways about certain scenes and like that one you're like you are just hurting yourself here buddy like come mm-hmm. on yeah it's it's tough to watch um, look at car crash, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. So I mean, is that it for season five A? I think that's yeah. I think that's it for five A. And then imagine seeing that. I mean, I said this to you already, but imagine seeing that, and like you have to wait a year <laughs> to You're figure like, out how it's gonna go. What? Yeah. Oh man, I remember. Like, I I I think I waited a couple days between yeah. watching, hey, finishing five A and then watching five B. Like, just talking about, like, man, like, where is this going from here? Like, this is, this is absurd. Right. Oh, you All right. Uh, yeah, you can start us off on 5B. Yeah, 5B. Um, episode 1 of 5B actually was directed by Brian Cranston. I don't know if you caught that. I, I, I see that on the thing I pulled up. I didn't know that. I didn't know he directed that. Yeah. Is this the only one he directed? Mm, I'm not sure. I want to say yes, but I, I could be wrong. Okay. But yeah, um, I can tell you real quick. Director? No, he directed. Let's see, something in season two. He directed seven thirty-seven, 
what's the name of the episode? It's a uh, season two, episode one. Okay. And he directed season three, episode one, which is the one where they're all crawling that you mentioned. Gotcha. So yes. that's pretty two cool. Episode one, season three, episode one, season five B. He was yeah. a producer on season four, five A, and five B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, picks right back up. Hank leaves Walt's house with all the evidence together. And later on, uh, he also confronts Walter when Walter comes to the house thinking something's up. And that's when Walter says, has a little interaction with him where he's like kind of lying, but then he starts to sort of like threaten Hank lightly. You know, and then he's like, well, Hank's like, I don't even know who you are anymore. And Walter's like, if that's true, you know, in his classic, like, scared voice. He's oh, like, man. That's true. You really don't know who I am. And then he switches and he's like, and maybe you should tread lightly. <laughs> like, dude, shit is crazy. That scene was, yeah, that scene was insane. You're like, oh, yeah, no, he's like, it, there's no going back at all now. Yeah. Um... God, just craziness. I mean, um, let's see what else. So, I'm pulling up the episode list right now. It is loading. I mean, it's all really like back to back to back. You know, Jesse is, you know, running around, giving, throwing his money out the window. He gets picked up. You know, gets interrogated. And Walt um, buries all his money out in the middle of nowhere. Right, but then Hank gets to interrogate Jesse, and. Uh, you know, gets. Uh, oh my God! Also, we have to talk about in the episode confessions. Walter's fake confession. Used he's using to blackmail oh, Hank. Yeah, um, man. And I've said one. this before, but like, the I still remember the first time I saw that. I was like, out loud. I was like, holy shit! Like, laughing a little bit because it's like so absurd that Walter would do that, and it's like absurd but genius and shitty and everything all at the same time because mm-hmm. he has hank he's blackmailed hank through that you know which gets hank to give up for a little bit sort of but then you know then we have jesse enter the equation and okay. yeah and correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure that this was an intro scene and if so i can't remember if it was on the very end of an episode or the, or the intro of an episode but the scene where Jesse is going through Walt's house with a can of gasoline and just spraying it everywhere—it's the end of is the end? episode okay. eleven before he gets picked up by Hank. Yeah, eleven. Okay, can remember if it's the beginning of eleven or the end. Ooh, I also what I also like about eleven is that moment he has with Walt in the desert, where he like, well, because before this, he's asked Walter. If he killed Mike, right? Which we didn't talk about, but, um, and Walter's like, no, Mike's, Mike's fine. He's out there, you know, but in confessions, he's like, he has this moment, little thing where he talks about it and, you know, against Walter and it's like, you're going to kill me like you killed Mike. And then Walter, rather than arguing with further arguing with him, just like tries to hug him. As Jesse's crying, and it's so like, 
I don't know. It's just so layered, you know? Oh, man. And yeah, we should go. So yeah, before we get too far past, we should definitely go back and talk about that. Because that's a pretty big scene when he, with him and Mike. Because right. that's in episode nine, right? Blood Money? I believe so. I will check. Was that in 5A? Was it in 5A? Season 5, episode 7. Yep. It was. You're right, yeah, because it was right before he had all the guys killed. So yeah, we could we skip that for a bit and move that around. But yeah, no, him... Oh, man, that whole scene between him and him, him and Mike and just having to go out to the... Or he, like, follows Mike out to the where he was by the river. Just let me die in peace. Like, that, that yeah. hurt. I mean, he kills him for nothing. And then he's like, Mike, I just realized I could have just got the names from Lydia. Like... It's like, bruh. For nothing. Like... Oh god. Yeah, that one hurts. Oh, thing um, hurts. And, oh man. And then uh, yeah, the end of episode eleven I think is some of the best stuff. Like I don't know, it obviously gets crazier throughout the season, but I just like I just really like that scene where he's out like you know, he's on the street corner, mm-hmm. he's waiting to get picked up, he like tries to find his joint bag and realizes it's not there, and then puts together everything in like that second and he, then he mm-hmm. knows that walt did walt poisoned brock and he knows that uh, he will lifted the cigarette off of him that's why i didn't have it and, like you just see the yeah. flip in his head go mm-hmm. God. and also that like you said the scene where he's pouring the gas like at the end of the episode the way it cuts off and also i like the cameras like mounted onto the gas can like, mm-hmm. It's such a cool angle. You can see you know, the anger and stuff from his uh, you know, face. Um, but yeah, then he gets picked up by Hank in the next episode. You know, they set up a thing where he's going to meet Walter in public and get him to you know, admit shit. But then at the last second, Jesse pulls out, partially because he thinks that Walt is going to kill him in public, but mostly because... He figures out another way to get the real way to get Walter, which is with evidence, which is with the evidence that he'd be too greedy to destroy, which is his money, which we uh, get to in the episode after when, you know, they fake being at Walter's money, leading to Walter racing over there at the end of the episode. And, uh, getting caught yeah and oh man like when i was watching that like that's so i watched that episode with my dad who was you know on early in the episode and he was out there and he saw you know the car with hank and jesse and i always blank on hank's partner's name steve gomez steve gomez yeah so the three of them come out and hank's like hiding and he's calling them like he knows like oh yeah jesse's following me and he's like no, actually, don't come. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Like, hangs up. We were both like, yeah, no, they're still coming. Like, this yeah. is bad. They're still coming. Uh-oh. Yeah. And, like, he got arrested. You know, they arrested him. He got him in the car. And the trucks pull up. And you're like, oh. 
shit. Yeah. Which, which leads into what you said has been regarded as the best episode of the show. 5B, episode 14, Ozymandias. Yes. And do you know what the title's in reference to? It's in reference to, like, a poem of some sort, right? Yes. So it's in reference to a poem. Um, actually, for the trailer for 5B, you can watch this online, but they had the trailer was, like, a bunch of shots of, like, the desert mostly, the Albuquerque desert, and it's Brian Cranston reading this poem, and it's done, like, it's insane how well he, you know, the emotion he puts into it. But, um... Yeah, so basically it's a poem. I mean, there's obviously different interpretations. But in the the biggest part of it, I guess symbolically of the show, is like, you know, this guy Ozymandias, the king of kings. Um, let me just read this part. So it's, my name is Ozymandias, king of kings. Look on my works, ye mighty, and despair. Nothing beside remains round the decay of that colossal wreck. Boundless and bare, the lone and level sands stretch far away. I think that's the part that's probably most like it because it, you know, you see Walter fall in that iconic shot that became a meme where he's falling onto the dirt when Hank dies. It's mm-hmm. exactly reminiscent of the way the Ozymandias statue is supposed to have fallen into the sand, you know, basically signifying that Walter's, you know, arguably maybe just sees himself this way, but the king of kings fallen to the ground as everything around him is goes to despair is, you know, goes to shit, you know? So I don't know. It's such a cool, like concept for an episode title. I think that fits that so really well cool. with like a, you know, it's so cool taking this like ancient, like Greek poem and like connecting it to a show about drugs, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy. And man, that whole, like that episode is hard to watch like that episode i didn't cry after it but i definitely just had to sit for a while because like that mm. hurt watching hank and steve die and then you think jesse got away and you're like oh thank god but then they find him under the car and they're like just taking him and then as they're taking him what just like gets in his face and like, i watched jane die it's like bro that man that made you want to just sob. Yeah. Oh. Basically, as far as he's concerned, at the moment, kills Jesse. Yeah. A face worse than worse than death. Yeah, because he tells yeah. them to kill him. They're yeah. like, "Yeah, we're just gonna like you know get some information, then kill him." Like, yeah. Yeah, and kills him physically by selling him off, and emotionally by telling him that he watched Jane die. Mm-hmm. You know. And all because Jesse ruined his empire. He's, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, their relationship has got to that point. Um, going back a little bit, though, the ending of episode 13 before this, where the shootout is happening. I don't know, it's so well-directed, the way the camera is shaking and the last shot where, like, Walter is, like, on the seat and bullets are flying through the windows and the glass is falling and his glasses fall off. And it just ends with a harsh cut right there. So well done. Oh, yeah. No, the re- it just leaves you, like, right on the edge of your seat. Like, you can't just watch episodes. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, if you're, like, watching it when it came out, like, that had to be one of the biggest cliffhangers. But if you're watching streaming, 
Like, how yeah. are you supposed to just watch episode 13? You can't. Uh, you can't. Then, of course, we get to... Well, also in Ozymandias, we have... Maybe you want to talk about this, but how'd you feel about the falling out with his family? The final falling out? Oh, I forgot that was in this episode, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, one of... You know, another another thing about that episode that really hits, makes it hard, is when he comes home mm-hmm. and he's packing up. He's like, come on, like, Walt, come on, Scott, like, we have to pack up everything. We have to get out of here. We have to leave. And Skyler's like, you killed Hank. And pulls the knife on him. And, man, the most... I don't know, I think, like... I think the sequence of him letting Jane die hurts a ton. But mm-hmm. I think the most painful still shot of the entire show is with Walt Jr. on the floor over Skyler. Skyler sobbing. Walt Jr. just has his arm across Skylar, like, looking up at Walt, like, you're a monster. And, like, just, like, that shot alone, like, wrenched. And Walter's like, we're supposed to, Walter's like, what, what's wrong with you? We're supposed to be a family. You know? And then he calls the police. He just pulls up. And then like, he runs yeah, away like, with my Holly. My dad pulled a, pulled a knife on my mom. And, oh. and then he makes a phone call in that episode, too, doesn't he? Yeah, where he tries to... Uh, clear Skylar for the police. Yeah, which not like, that it's man. any help though, because they still get her. They still Rico the house away. She still has to live in squalor and in shame because of him. Um, oh my gosh! Which like, while he's making the call, you can like kind like you can kind of see why he's doing it, but like it still hurts so much to hear. Well, like there are little saying. bits of truth in the call. Yeah, you know what I mean, where. Oh, I mean, you know, there's just there's so many levels to it. Yeah. It hurts a lot. And then he gets vacuumed. He gets to uh, live a new life in Alaska, not Alaska, New Hampshire. Uh, and lives in the, in the next episode, Granite State. Um, you know, uh... You, you get the fallout of everything. Yeah, you've just yeah. got him out there. And, like, I like the way that they structured it with, like, making it seem like, oh, yeah, the second vacuum guy leaves. Like, he's just going to go into the town and figure out his next step. And, like, he goes out to the gate and opens it and looks at the street. And he's like, <clears throat> I can't do it. And just, like, closes the door. This is tomorrow. And, but, like, how long? Does it give an exact time frame of how long he ends up staying there? So... I could tell you. There's a whole whole thing about that. Because um, it's like almost a year. It's like 10 months or something? Well, okay. I, it's got to be at least... Let's see. Felina. Okay. Time passed between Granite State and Felina. Uh, oh, Breaking Bad timeline. Oh, perfect. This is perfect. Also, Grits. yeah. I was just gonna say, right. fun fact that I'm like, I'm seeing, just looking at this website I'm on. The it looks like the episode with the most views. The two episodes with the most views are the two final episodes. 
Episode 15 has 6.58 million, and the, fi- the finale episode has 10.28 million. Yeah. The finale, is, the finale is the most popular episode by a long shot. And those are good numbers for TV. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, well, according to the Breaking Bad wiki, it's six months. March 15th to September 4th, 2010. Gotcha. Um, you know, it's cool. They mentioned in one of the recent Better Call Saul podcasts that there actually is, like, there are people on the staff that are tasked with keeping a timeline like that they can use when they write. So there is, like, an official timeline with specific days and years and everything. That's pretty sick. Series. I hope that one day they put that out because that would be really helpful, I think, for uh, fans. Um, but, yeah, so. Cool. So, yeah, six months pass. Walter, full head of hair, Walter, has a plan in Felina. And, oh, you know, we have to talk about the end of Granite State, right? Where he decides... So I raising the I, bar. Is that at the end? Okay, yeah. So that's how that ends. I couldn't remember where one ended and the other started. Yeah, he's drink. Okay, so Walter finally leaves the cabin, goes to the bar, calls Walt Junior and tells him to please accept like the hundred k dollars or however little it is compared to the millions. You know, he's like, please, this is all I have left to give you. I'll mail it to Lewis. You know, and Walter Junior is like, no. You know, fuck you, sort of thing. Yeah, like, and, I don't um, want your money. And just, he starts yelling at him. Yeah, and then I guess that's when Walter's like, all right, this is, nothing's worth it anymore. And then sits at the bar and has a drink, waiting for the cops to come. Well, he calls the they, DEA. And then just yeah. lets the phone hang, so they can get yeah. his location. So then he's at the bar, and on the bar, Charlie Rose is on, and who is on? None other than Gretchen and Elliot from Grey Matter. <clears throat> oh, and... Man. We find out that they had donated $20 million to fund rehab drug clinics uh, to cover up. Uh, well, Charlie Rose is like, well, people are saying this is like a PR move to deflect from association with drug notorious drug dealer Walter White. And uh, they downplay Walt's involvement in the company, you know, saying like, no, literally all he did is come up with a name, which, you know, we know Walter. This pisses him the fuck off. Yeah, and gives him a, you know a newfound energy, where he leaves the bar and goes on his way to do his final dues. And of course, we get that awesome ending with the Breaking Bad theme playing in full. Yeah, that oh, that I think is number two best use of the song in the show after Christopher Persuasion is the like this see the theme like slowly coming up and then hitting for the credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. Right, and then um, that's how it ends. And then Felina starts where he's trying to start that car in the ice with the cops nearby. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like pleading like with God, you know, like, just let me get home. You know, this is it. You know, this is all I have left. You know, last, last part, last thing I need sort of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, he starts the car and the show starts. Theme starts. And, um, you know, he first he goes to Elliot and Gretchen. Uh, it's kind of funny also how, of course, how he enters, like, just walks in, strolls in. And they, like, he su- surprises them. 
Oh, yeah. No, he just walks in, like, so calm. He's just, like, looking around and stuff, just waiting for them to see him. He's not trying to hide at all. Yeah. And, uh... What's he doing? Oh, yeah, he threatens them, sort of. And it's like... Well, he doesn't start off by threatening. He's just like, all right, here's what you're going to do. You're going to take all this money, and you are going to give this money to my kids as a trust fund, and uh, any... Anything, I also like that he adds, like, any taxes or, like, legal fees for this has to be from this money, and they can't pay for it. Yeah, It has like, to be from him. Like, he's so, like, dead set, you know? Yeah. Tying back to the beginning of the show when he wouldn't take their money. Um, And then they kind of, like, reluctantly agree. They're like, yeah, sure, sure, well, yeah. Like, you know, you can't really tell if they'll actually do it or not. Mm-hmm. And then he signals the best hitman. East of the Mississippi. Or west of Red the Mississippi. Yeah. That scene was so good. And tells them that, you know, no matter where you go, it could be a month, a day, a week, a month, whatever. Mm-hmm. But they'll they'll get you if you don't do this. And, you know, that basically assures that they'll do it. And then he goes back to the car and we find out that the hitmen are Skinny Pete the and Badger. Skinny Pete. <laughs> awesome. With laser pointers. That was the best. Yeah. Oh, man. And um, also they mentioned that the crystal blue is still flowing, which means that someone has to be cooking it, which means Jesse is cooking it. And, um, you know, we get to see, we see more of Jesse in captivity. And uh, we do we? Yeah. We do. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And um, what's next on Walt's list? He Well, then he goes to the Denny's, which we've seen. Gets the guns. And, um, yeah, that was, yeah, we've not shown again, but that's from, yeah, the intro. Yeah, the they cut, I think they cut straight to him closing the trunk, which we last was the yeah. last thing we saw. Yeah, they do. And, um, and then he goes to the like cafe to coffee yes. shop spot. Lydia to and Todd. Ted and Lydia. And like tells him, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, like, I'll do this, whatever. I'm talking about like cooking, I think, again. He's, he says that he's like, there's, I have a new formula. There's no methylamine needed. Trust me, you're gonna you're gonna want this, please. Oh um, yeah, just give me a million dollars. And then Todd's like, I don't really think so. And then Lydia's like, Yes, you can. You go to you know go to Jack's compound and do it. And then Walt leaves. And then Todd's like, I don't know if we should trust Mister White. And Lydia's like, Are you stupid, Todd? Do I have to explain this to you? You know, implying no, obviously that not. You're obviously gonna kill him when he shows them. So. Uh, mm-hmm. And then she puts her stevia into her into her tea, which we know later. It's poison. Not stevia, yeah. The rexin. That's which that that was shown in an earlier in an intro to an earlier episode as well. Him going into the house and getting the ricin. Right. Yeah. You're right. That might have still been. I don't. I don't know if that was in five A or five B, but it was like a decent amount earlier. Yeah, and then the neighbor sees him and he's like, "Hello, Carol." And then she like <laughs> drops her shit and this teaser start. The show starts. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, then he goes to Skyler, and we get that awesome shot where he's like standing in the support beam of the thing as Skyler. Oh on yeah, the that was a good shot. And then it rotates around, and then we see that he's been there the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that scene a lot because you know it gives her like a proper goodbye, and he's like, um, telling him that he. She's like, you know, if you tell me one more time that you did it for the... And he's like, I did it for me because I liked it. 
Oh yeah, that yeah. like that just felt good. It's like a resolution to that whole thing. Like in that, I was so like I was expecting him to be like it was for the family again, and you just be like pissed off all over again. And you're like, it's obviously not. Really. He just finally admits then, it to like himself and Skylar. He also does get her get get to get a little heat off of her because he gives her the lottery ticket that he saved where the money was buried, but where now Hank and Gomez's bodies are buried. And he tells her to use this with the police as a deal, you know, to get yeah. her out of trouble because she's in a lot of trouble still because of him. So, you know, um, then uh, he gets to see Holly one last time and mm-hmm. uh, he walks away and also oh, he also sees Junior. Yeah, like from, from a distance, but yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the night comes, he goes to the compound you know, goes inside and gets the key. Yeah. Tackles, tackles tackles Jesse, Jesse to save him from the fire. And the gun goes off and kills all the Nazis. And then we get that awesome scene, awesome meaning like incredibly emotional scene where Jesse's has Walt at gunpoint. And Walt's like you want this. Jesse will not be manipulated again. And says nothing happens until he says to do it. Or to wait, that he wants it? Wait, am I getting Nothing it happens until you say it. And then Walt says, I want this. Right. And then Jesse sees that he's been shot anyway. Well, I don't think Jesse would have done it anyway, but he also sees that he's shot. And is like the do yourself. And then walks away and gets into an El Camino. And yeah. then, of course, yeah. And then, yeah, and he then of course, yeah. Into the lab and just dies on the floor. Well, he also calls Lydia as Jesse's going away. And it's oh, like, yeah. put rice in your tea. And then she's like, you know, clearly she's going to die. Um, mm. And then, as the police lights approach, he walks into the warehouse and. Puts his hand on the tank. Baby Blue starts playing. And uh, dies. Last rotating upward shot of him just laying dead on the ground. Yeah, as all the cops are coming in. Which, man, I have never been so just like content for the main character of a show to be dead at the end. Yeah. Like, I can't think about... of a better way it could have ended. I think literally a perfect ending. I do. I guess. It was awesome. <sighs> yes, it was. So, Breaking Bad, is it the best television series ever made? I don't know. I think, as far as best written, I don't have another show that I can compare it to that is anywhere near as good. I think Stranger, like, as far as long form, like, mainstream long form content, I think Stranger Things is pretty decent. But it's still no Breaking Bad. Yep. Like just with the like, um, you know, season to season, like have both having their own individual arcs, but also the arcs that like take you through the whole thing, and then the way everything is wrapped up in its own places, and like the way the characters go from the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Oh. And the monologues too. Like, if I, I like, think... if I'm ever auditioning for. Like any sort of show ever again, 
I am almost one hundred percent using. Yeah, no, I'm a hundred. I am one hundred percent using like a monologue from this show. Almost one hundred percent using a Jesse Pinkman monologue, unless it's the perfect moment. I was gonna say the perfect moment monologue would be my choice yeah, if I could no, act I, at all. <laughs> um, but I, I can't remember the episode it is. But there's one. Oh no, it's actually this one. They have it up on the website. Yeah, I'm not turning down the money. I'm turning down. I'm turning you. down you. Yeah, you that's probably it? my might be my favorite Jesse Walter scene. Besides, you the said ending. my you said my cook was garbage. Screw you, man. Screw you. And then he's like. Your cook is good, Jesse. As good as mine. And then, like, walks away. Like, <laughs> it's like, entire monologue negated. Yeah. But, oh, no. Um, yeah, that, that's probably the monologue I'm going to do. The only contender I have against Breaking Bad is best TV show is Better Call Saul. So, <laughs> um, I, I still cannot. Better Call Saul ended last week. And, oh, my God. I, am- I, could, I still can't tell you if it's better or not, but it's... It's a debate in my mind for sure. I know. I'm, I'm I very excited. all the time. I'm really excited for us to watch that. I'm very excited yeah. to watch it. Yeah. yeah, watching it with Casey will be watching it with us, who has mm-hmm. been on episodes before. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'm really excited. So yes. I, was, I was thinking before we get to El Camino, something that I think could be a fun little. A fun little thing. And we can take a second to pause and do some research. But I think we should both pick two or three trivia pieces and, like, make it into a question and see if the other person can guess. Like, guess what the answer is to the trivia yeah. question? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I'll give you okay. an, like, an example. Like, yeah, for give this me an one, example, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll use this as one of mine. But... So Jesse is one of only how many characters that appear in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul and El Camino? Is that the question? Is he one of the only characters, no. or is he the uh, what, Jesse? Is one of how many? How characters many that appear? Dude, in all here's three. the thing: having seen Better Call Saul, I know there's a lot more because they literally reuse extras, like cop extras, cook extras, like. I don't know what that count is counting, but there's a lot. So, um, I'm assuming it's not counting the extras. So, not counting the yeah. extras, I'm gonna say, uh, <laughs> one, two, three, four. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say eight. Am I close? According to this, you're over. Who are you counting? I don't want to tell you. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah. Cause this, cause this has, this has two Again, names. I don't, literally, Connor, main characters, side characters, in between side and extra characters, and extra characters are in Better Call Saul. So I could not tell you what that's, what this is counting. So. Okay. See, so see, this has Austin Ramey as one of them. I don't even know who that is. Is that just the guy who plays Todd? Oh, wait, no, Austin Ramey is the police chief at the end of season five. Uh, he, like, takes over for Hank. Um, okay. Yeah, he's a, he's a pretty discreet character. Okay, oh, I, I was, I'm sorry, I was thinking Todd, but I haven't seen Better Call Saul, so I don't actually know that. So, yeah, so the five that it has here are Walter White, Mike Ehrmantraut, Ed Galbraith, and Austin Ramey. Yeah. 
Who's um, Ed Galbraith? Is that the vacuum the, guy? Yeah. Um, okay. I would say what makes Better Call Saul so great is it has so many reappearing characters, but it's never like a big deal. It's never like, like when you watch it, you, you should not, first of all, you should never go into Better Call Saul being like, I wonder who's going to be in this episode today. I wonder who's going to be in this season because you'll be disappointed and it, that's not the way they do it. Um, most of the time it'll be done really, really, it's only done if it has to be done sort of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, Better Call Saul is such a complex show that I'm, I hope I hope you like it. I hope. I mean, I don't. I can't see myself not liking it because it's not the same as Breaking Bad in terms of like pacing and you know breakneck speed and that sort of thing. It's a it's a it's a much more intense like character study sort of thing. So we'll see. Um, okay. So okay. yeah, I've got I've got my two other trivia questions ready. Okay. Um, shoot. Uh, I, I guess just go ahead while I look. Um, okay. Let's start, yeah. So in Breaking Bad, Jesse meets every main character except for who? In Breaking Bad, Jesse meets every main character except for Walter Jr. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that fast. Yeah, no, that's a pretty easy one, I feel like. Um, What's your other one? Okay. If you have one, I, I can save this one for last. I don't think I don't. I don't even know where you're getting these from. It's just like a quiz. Oh no the the wiki page, like the fandom wiki I was using, just has like it, on in each character profile. It just has. Oh okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. So I was doing Jesse ones. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, this one I don't think you're gonna get. In the original pilot script, the character that we come Jesse was originally named what? Thing is, I've heard this before in like the podcast but i could not remember i cannot there's no way i'll ever remember um i'm guessing it doesn't start with the j as well no it does not yeah uh fuck i don't know i i i'd just be guessing random names so i don't know it's uh and i might be butchering the pronunciation but it's marion dupree oh my god <laughs> they do they do have someone else named marion in better call saul very briefly that's funny it's interesting but it's a woman so <laughs> um Okay. Here's a trivia question for you, Connor. Okay. Saul Goodman's name, Saul Goodman's name, is a play on the phrase what? Oh, gosh. This isn't something they mentioned. Is it no. mentioned like, in Better Call Saul or just at all? It, it is mentioned in Better Call Saul, but it's not mentioned in Breaking Bad. It's not like a spoiler. I think okay. most people, a lot of people knew this just from saying his name. I, don't, I have no idea. Saul Goodman. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't. I don't think that's a spoiler. Would you consider no, that a spoiler? spoiler. I just okay. think that's so funny. So, it is so good. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is really dad, man. Well, I mean, that's, you, fun, that's a good trivia question. In the first episode of that, we see Saul in, in Better Call Saul season two, Breaking Bad. He does mention. I don't know if you remember this, but he tells. Walter, when he comes into his office, pretending to be Mr. Mayhew, he's like, yeah, my, my real name's Jimmy. I just use the the Jewish name just with these guys. Do you remember this? Do you remember I do remember that line specifically, okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I just want to make sure that, so, you know, it's not a spoiler. Oh, yeah, um, no, I mean, that, yeah. Okay. Um, so my other trivia question, 
is well i guess a lot of these you wouldn't know because of better call saul they really overlap in the trivia for for the saul goodman character um who is well okay i guess i just gave it away that i was on the saul goodman page but this is a cool piece of trivia i'll just say this one okay saul goodman is the only character to survive breaking bad that wasn't in the first season that is kind of a fun one yeah all right now i'll switch to a different one so that you know you don't know who it is or what it is about i guess um so for this question i will say the following um in breaking bad this character never meets saul or todd and has never seen... Okay, I can give you another hint if you don't guess it. Okay. Okay, so this character does not... Never once meets Saul or Todd. And it's a main character. It's a big character. Okay. Hank meets Saul in the courthouse in the first episode. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Never meets Saul or Todd. I'll even help you out a little bit more. It's not gonna... To, to rule it out, it's not fucking like Walter Jr. It's not like a... It's not like a family member. It's a, one of the main players. Okay, so my next guess is going to be Marie. Yeah, no. Don't worry about all that. It's not. Okay. Never meets so Saul. Like not a family member. Todd. Meet Saul. Yeah, I mean, this trivia question isn't saying he's the only character. I'm just saying this character surprisingly never meets. Okay, the, okay. Surprisingly never meets Saul, but also doesn't meet Todd. <laughs> just like on the side, doesn't meet Todd. Okay. Shoot, is Hector big enough to be a guest for that? Yeah, I guess this is hard because it doesn't clarify that level of it. Yeah. But okay, I'll just tell you. So it says in Breaking Bad, Gus never meets Saul or Todd. And he's never, it also says he's never seen on screen with Lydia. But it's clear that they did know each other. Okay, yeah. Okay, no, see, I, I wasn't guessing Gus because. Because of the Todd f- mention? Because he's well, dead? No, 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 not even that, because I was figuring. Okay, yeah, though, that is, yeah, that is funny. I get it, I get that now. But no, because, like, I just, I don't know. I always assumed, like, I guess, yeah, in the show they never meet. But, like, I just assumed that they had met before. Yeah. Well, that was, that was you're right, that was a little fun, fun little game. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Cool last, trivia. That's one that we could do. But, like, ones, like, there's no way we guess. Like, like what are Jesse's tattoos? Like, what I would are say be tattoos? careful because you're going to, you might see better salt Better call Saul spoilers in those. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm seeing like s- very small ones, and I'm just like not reading the bigger ones. Yeah, just be careful. All right. So I guess we can jump into El Camino, right? Yeah. El um, Camino time. So, like I said, El Camino um, coming out six years later was such a huge surprise. Um, Obviously, I, I it's not like I was waiting six years. I believe I first saw Breaking Bad, I want to say summer 2018, would be my guess, when they dropped that first teaser trailer in late 2019, like two months before it came out. The hype levels were off the charts. Oh, okay, so the first time you saw Breaking Bad was 2018. I thought you were saying the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, wait a second. No, no, no. The first time I person, personally saw Breaking Bad was 2018. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, um, 
Have you seen? I don't. You probably haven't. But there's a teaser trailer that they they dropped as an announcement for this. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it's any. With, okay, extra I'll just describe stuff. it to you. Um, basically, it's Skinny Pete in an interrogation room, being like, "No, I don't know where Jesse Pinkman is, but even if I told you, I wouldn't tell you anyway, because I saw that I saw that cage those lunatics kept him in." There's no way I'm letting you. Well, you didn't say cage. You say I saw. I saw the way they treated Jesse Pinkman uh, on that thing. There's no way the, the the line. He's like, "There's no way I'm letting you put Jesse Pinkman back in a cage." And it's like cut to black. El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, coming October 2019. And it was it was so hype. And also, it's cool because that scene is not in the movie, although it's it's in that trailer. But it makes sense that it would have happened. Because if you remember in the movie, which we'll get to, uh, Skinny Pete voluntarily keeps the El Camino in his, at his house, or not at his house. Did he keep it at his house? Yeah, at his house. Yeah, at, his, at his house to get picked up by the feds who are all coming to get it. So it would make sense that they do interrogate him and that scene does take place, even though that's, we don't see it. That's pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very cool. Um... But yeah, so basically they filmed this in Albuquerque like while they were either right before or right after they were filming that that year's current season of Better Call Saul. Um, so I guess it kind of blended with that production so people didn't know about it. Like almost no one knew about it happening. Um, but yeah. Um, and it just, you know, as we know, it's all about Jesse after he gets away from that compound, you know? And there was some, like, kind of initial debate about, like, some people really liked the way it originally ended with him just driving away and yelling in Breaking Bad because of how, like, kind of symbolic it was as him getting freedom. Um, but I, I personally, I, you know, I think this worked out. You know, it didn't invalidate that ending. And it, it sh- you know, it showed the practical escape of Jesse Pinkman, you know? Oh, yeah. No, I have, I definitely have to say, like, I get, I get liking the ending of Breaking Bad by itself, just being like, it sh- like you know, ending there was good. I get it, but I definitely think the movie is so much better. Like adding the movie onto the end, because like, you know the ending of Breaking Bad is like he's free. He's finally like not under the manipulation of anybody else. He's finally free. Everyone that's manipulating him is dead, and he's making his own decisions. And like, mm-hmm. it is a super sick ending, but. He's also still on the run. He's still got like so many problems, and he's still like, you know, not safe and not like in a good spot. So just getting mm-hmm. to see the movie, getting to see him on his own, figure some stuff out, getting to, like see the growth he's made from the beginning, like being on his own, you know, not being manipulated, working himself through his problems, getting to the point he needs to, and also still seeing some like the classic like Jesse energy, and. It, realistically, in the the ending, still having the same exact feeling of him just getting a new life, driving off, and being completely free of manipulation, completely on his own, and also was able to do things in his own power to get himself to that place of like real calm freedom. Mm-hmm. Like just getting to see him get like finally have like even though it's like you know he has to re- uproot his entire life, like finally get something good. Is so nice. And he has to live with what it, the traumatic effects of being kept as a slave, of killing Gale, of everything that we saw happen in Breaking Bad. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Man. 
like that, you know, that's going to follow him for the rest of his life. But at least he gets to, as far as we know, live in freedom in Alaska. And like the movies, like even like, you know, regardless of like how you feel like theme or the motif, like the movie itself is just, it's good. Oh, it's great. It just feels like a, like a lot. It feels it's, a little different than break, a Breaking Bad episode. It does. But like, well, it's filmed. It's filmed in digital, which you know, Breaking Bad was on film. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is like a visual difference, and also the color grading is a little different. Um, but also, it feels right. It feels like a post Walter White Albuquerque. You know what I mean? Yeah. It feels like a like I feel like there definitely should be a distinction. I don't necessarily want it to feel 100% like Breaking Bad. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I love the, like, flashbacks and the, like, you know, flashbacks mm-hmm. and current. And, like well, That intro see- with Mike. Yeah. And, like, you get yeah. to see older characters and you get to see, you know, some scene, like a scene with Walt you didn't get to see. And you get to get see a bunch of scenes with him and Todd. Which, like, you know, th- like, there is, like, the, the, you know, Todd is getting, Todd had to gain weight for a different role. I can't remember mm-hmm. the name of the movie, but like that did feel a little weird just watching those like back to back and being like, "Oh, these are flashbacks." After after but... like five minutes, I was like used to it. Yeah, no, it doesn't take very long to just get like, "Yeah, that's tough." Yeah. I don't really see the big deal with it. No, I think it's, it's better than like... them. It's better than them having to like write a write it a different way because they can't have Todd. You know what I mean? I'm glad they got. Yeah, Todd no, back. like I was I was very happy with the way that it was written and the way that it like progressed and the way it felt. Right. Um, I, I mean, yeah, but that intro with Mike, where he's like, you know, what would you do if you could get away and uh, with the money, or what would you do? What are you going to do when you have the money? Because I guess it takes place right before in Breaking Bad when they meet with the gang to sell all their methylamine. Mm-hmm. I guess is my guess as to when it takes place because they're like, what are you going to do with the money once we get out of the drug business, sort of thing, and. Mike's like, well, if I were your age, I'd go to Alaska and start a new life. And Jesse would be like, yeah, I try to set things right. And Mike's like, sorry, kid. That's one thing you can never do. You know, such an awesome quote. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we cut straight to Jesse yelling like we saw in Breaking Bad. I love speeding. so much, too, that they picked up from, like, the second it ended. Yeah. I thought that was a really, really good touch. Yeah, and he goes to Skinny Pete's house. And man, just and seeing how great of friends those guys were to him. Seeing like, them again was awesome. I did like yeah. seeing them again. Those guys are like, I mean, they were really solid in Breaking Bad, but like, I don't know, seeing them again and seeing the way that they like cared for Jesse and Al Camino, really like, they're just good guys. Like, yeah, you know, like, I don't know, like, yeah, they're like, you know, in like degenerate, like drug abusers, whatever, like, like they sold meth or like, you know, meth heads, whatever, but like, there's good guys and they look out for their friend and like mm-hmm. care for him and just gave him the phone. And he was like, yeah, I'll go through like interrogations and like having to do with the cops to like give you the chance to get free. Like, I'll be fine. You're my hero. Like, man, that line. Yeah. Dude, you're like my hero or whatever. <laughs> Shit. Oh, I'm tearing up like saying it now. That was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was awesome. And, um, I mean, yeah, uh, and then in the next flashback, he's, you know, we see more of him in the cage with Todd, and we get introduced to Todd's apartment, where Todd has killed his maid for discovering his money, and, you know, forces Jesse to help him bury the body, 
and um, you know Jesse gets Todd's gun from the glove box, but oh. is so so deeply disturbed by his con- you know with his condition, living condition, and is manipulated and is so broken. You know Todd is able to get the gun back from him and convince him to give it back to him. So I was like, hey, like let's get some pizza. Like, what, what do you like on your pizza? And Jesse's just like sobbing, holding the gun. He's like, pepperoni. <laughs> oh yeah. my god. Yeah. And um. Yeah. So then, who? Well, Jesse goes to Todd's apartment in present day, where he gets in and, of course, ransacks the apartment looking for the money, knowing that Todd kept it in a new place somehow, somewhere in that apartment. And um, we get those awesome shots of him searching that incredible shot from overhead where he's searching every room all at once. That shot was really sick. Recommend listening to the podcast. They talk about doing that, how they did that. And um, yeah, so then he finds the money in the door of the refrigerator. And as he discovers this, two cops come into the apartment um and he you know hides and there's a standoff between him and the cops uh one thing i like about this a lot is you know you initially think they're cops but the way that when he's holding the one guy hostage he's like call the other guy and call your you know other officer into the room he's like uh lieutenant and the guy immediately is like sussed out and like pulls out his gun because he knows that he's not a cop you know and when you're not when you're watching for the first time you're like how do you, how do you know you know like how do you, how do you know that he was in trouble um anyway they strike a deal where they he strikes a deal with neil the one cop who uh t- to split into thirds they leave and jesse sees that the truck he's in is from the welding a welding business that he recognizes from when he was in captivity right uh, someone who worked on his cage or his thing he was on when he was forced to cook meth um so that that ties into i guess later when he confronts him but first of course he goes to the disappearer the vacuum guy who will transport him or he wants to transport him and he tries to offer the money to him but the guy's like no you you know because he abandoned him the first time he's like that's for the first time i need another 125 for the next time and jesse is short by just eighteen hundred dollars so he goes to neil the welder again mm-hmm. and, oh no actually sorry first he goes to his house to get yeah, a gun yeah, yeah, yeah. which is what we talked about earlier a little bit where he goes and finds the safe with the gun in it and um he has a conversation with his parents on the phone you know telling them that they did he you know you guys did your best sort of thing so that they would leave. Well, I mean, he only does that so that they'll leave because he tells them that they're he's at a different place. Um, but yeah, he gets the gun, goes to the mel- the welder's place, and has like a old western like shootout with this guy. There's, you know? That seems sick. Where he had like the the one gun on his waist that he wasn't getting, and then the gun in his pocket that he actually shot him with before they even reached for their other gun. Yeah, it, it was an insane scene. And um, he also rigs the, I guess, propane tanks to explode in the place so there's no evidence and drives away. And then we get one final flashback or 
I guess the main final flashback with Walter White uh, shortly after they've, they've been cooking and it's pretty funny you know Walter's like what would you do if you went to college you first have to get your GED and he's like I have a G- I graduated high school you were on the stage I got my <laughs> diploma which is pretty funny and um, you know you get that line from Walter which is perfectly Walter where he's like you didn't have to wait your whole life to do something special which is like an insane thing for Walter to say like cooking meth is special like yeah it's like the first time he's finally felt agency and like which like, I don't know I think that's a reason that you can start from the beginning and be like on his side you're like oh like he's finally like this is his first time taking agency he's finally making a decision in his life and then you realize like that's not really true mm-hmm. Yep. Like, and that's then, how he saw it at the time. Yeah. And then back to present, and Jesse goes to Alaska. You know, Ed drives him in the truck, and uh, he has a new identity, and he has one final letter. Now, I want to talk about this letter, okay? Because this letter was... We don't know in the movie. In the movie, they don't... I don't think you can see it. Do you know who the letter was to? I don't remember the letter, to be honest with you. Oh, it's when he's giving him his new name and stuff and, like, quizzing him on his name. And he's like, all right, you got to go that way, blah, 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 blah. Is there any, anything else? And then he hands him a letter. Okay, okay. I don't remember then, how you say that. And then Ed reads the letter, and he's like, all right, is that it? Any other final messages? And he's like, nope. And then Jesse drives away. Now, in the movie, we don't see who the letter is to. We don't hear the letter. But apparently, the letter was to Brock, according to the creators. Uh... Originally, it was a letter to, to Brock, and it was like a very heartfelt letter, you know, apologizing to Brock for what happened to his mom and blah, blah, and all this other stuff. But it, it didn't make the cut for the movie, and right now, no one, it didn't make, it wasn't even like film, or like, the only person who knows, only two people who know what are in, what's in, what's in the letter are Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould, the creators of the show, so, Dang. or the movie, so... Yeah, hopefully one day they that'd be a cool like deleted scene or something. That'd be um, a cool just like post. Like just like they could just like post yeah. it on like Instagram or Twitter or something to take like, a picture of the letter. Yeah. Well they were on the podcast they were making a big deal out of it, talking about how like incredibly like emotional it was. So I, I definitely want to see it. Oh um, yeah. But yeah, but instead we get we, they I guess they sc- scrapped that possibly maybe not the only reason, but the big reason was so that they could have Jane as the final thing. Mm-hmm. Right, we get that flashback oh, yeah. with Jane, who talks about like you know going where the universe is taking you, and you know the message being like to make decisions for yourself. And then we end with Jesse smiling and driving away. So yeah. that's my little plot summary. Yeah. I I feel like that movie just added so much to the ending. Yeah, it was nice. It was a. Really well done, really well made on every level, and it's a perfect epilogue. Yeah. I think overall I have to give the Breaking Bad, now obviously I'm not done with the whole universe, Better Call Saul, but so far I think, I mean, I, I have to give it a 10 out of 10. Like, I, I don't have a single real complaint that would bring it down by a number. Yeah. Like, the writing is very solid, the cinematography is awesome and very like super varied they have some really sick unique shot like shot design throughout the movie and the show 
great transitions, great use of music, great script, great acting. Like, there's nothing to complain about. Yeah. Um, I try to think of what else we can say, but uh, as far as like Easter eggs, you know, we got the tarantula in Todd's apartment, Drew Sharp's tarantula, mm-hmm. which is kind of fucked up. Um, and also Todd's snow globes with one of them having a Lydia figure in it. Again, just showing, I think, in my opinion, how crazy Todd is. Yeah, he's just like a creep. Um, also, in Peekaboo, in Breaking Bad, Jesse does the thing where he lets the beetle, in the beginning of the episode, lets the beetle onto his hand and like looks at it. Mm-hmm. He does the same thing in the movie. Um, also, at the beginning, they show like a quick time lapse of different locations in Albuquerque. And they show where, I don't know if you caught, caught this, it was pretty quick, but where Los Poyos Hermanos was, is now a Twisters. <laughs> it's been replaced by a Twisters. I didn't see that. Yeah. That's funny. And um, I think that's a uh, that's all I caught. I don't know. Anything else you want to say? I don't think so. I think it's just just a small small final piece. We've, we've already said like favorite. I don't think I can pick a favorite episode. I've said my favorite starters and like episodes per season. Favorite character, I think we should do, as our last piece. Character in just Breaking Bad? In Breaking Bad, yeah. Shit, man. I can go first if you'd like to think, because I've, yes, I've been please. thinking about that for a while. I think the easy answer is Jesse Pinkman, but yeah. I mean, uh, go ahead. that is my answer. Okay. It's definitely the easy answer, but I don't know. I, I definitely see a lot of myself in him throughout the show, like with a lot of decisions and like you know struggles and stuff but like it's just like overall mm-hmm. just like a good guy going through a lot trying to figure out what's going on and like you know easily manipulated by people around him that he like cares about and he like you know puts value into like he cares about what they say and how they think about him and like you know like like anybody would like people are like oh just like you should be manipulated but, like by that but like being in his position like i don't know how how anyone would do any differently like it's just I don't know. I think he is, by the end of the show, he's the only person that you can really look at and be like, that is like a, a solid person. I, th- I think at least. People have like, you know, characteristics that are good about them. Like, you know, Mike's got things about him to bring him back. Hank, you could say, was looking for the right reasons. I don't know. I just, Jesse Pinkman, my number one. All right. Well, my problem is, if we're talking about the Breaking Bad universe as a whole, it's hard for me because now I'm including what happens in Better Call Saul as part of my thing. Which, and I mean, even so, if we're just in Breaking Bad, it's hard to take that out of so the equation. So, if, if I'm including the Breaking Bad universe, literally my top three characters, I can only tell you one, which is Saul, whose real name is Jimmy, which is we learned in Breaking Bad, so that's not a spoiler. Yeah. But um, I guess would be one of them. And the other two, I can't tell you because... I mean, I could tell you the name. You wouldn't know who they are, but what, is it okay if I say the name? Uh, I mean, if we're just not. going for Breaking Bad right now, so let's be, we can stick with Saul. Okay, so, all right, we'll stick with Saul. And if I had to choose another contender, because um, I'm not sure, I would say Hank. I think Hank has, you know, it took me a few watches, but Hank is clearly the hero of Breaking Bad. Um, and I think it takes a while for a lot of people to grasp that. 
even if it's not your favorite character. I think that's just the truth. Um, uh, you know, the conflicting paths of toxic masculinity between Walter and Hank are, are very telling, you know. You get a Walter who starts off, you know, by the audience's estimation, by Hank's estimation as, like, sort of a little bitch, you know. And you have Hank who's very, like, has to be macho and has to make, like, misogynistic or, you know, slightly, you know, not in bad heart, but in bad taste, like, racist, like, jokes, like, you know, to be, like, a macho DEA policeman, you know, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then you see both of these characters being tested and how they deal with it. You see Walter being tested by his choice to get into the drug game and becoming, a by the end of the show, a terrible man by all estimation, but but being what he deems as, like, macho. You know, look at this. Look at episode one, Walter, and look at Say My Name, Walter. You know oh, I mean? yeah. That's where he wanted to be, and that's where he got to be. Versus Hank, who started off like that and then got tested by his quest to stop you know, what he would find out to be his brother-in-law and become, you know, he lost, you know, by, you know, he lost the use of his legs for a while. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it, only shortly after that, he got to understand what it means to be a good man and try to be a good man and got killed being a good man and putting an end to the villain, which was Walter. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I would say, yeah, I'd say Saul or Hank. I guess would be my two favorite uh, characters, uh, and Saul again for reasons. Fifty percent of the reason, possibly more than fifty. Sixty, s- s- okay. Eighty percent. Eighty percent of the reason why I think it's Saul is because of Better Call Saul. I would say he's great independently of Better Call Saul, but he's mostly just like for comedic reason. I would like. Him. You know I, I mean? do. I, I mean, he's my honorable mention favorite character in Breaking Bad. I always love. I, I, it always made me excited seeing Bob Odenkirk's name pop up at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, I guess my honorable mention that I'm not choosing because I feel like it's, it's obvious or whatever is like Jesse, you know. Fair but enough. Yeah. Well, yeah, I feel like I feel like we've done it. We did. I mean, we could. I I know I could talk about this stuff for hours. What? You know? I mean, yeah, we could definitely delve. Like, we definitely, you know, skimmed over some things we could go back to and like. We made a good time though. But yeah, it's been an hour forty-five since your dad left. We were with him for fifty minutes, so not a bad, not a bad episode. Right? Yeah, I think I think decent. It's an average length. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like you know, if we were really going like episode by episode, we could have made this. No, like, I mean, yeah, long, long. Yeah, no, we could have done a two and a half hours for like every season. Like, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, well, I guess that's it for now, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, guys, Filmatic uh, Summer of Stiller continues as planned. Uh, Connor, you know, you're welcome to join us for any of those movies if you can. I just might be on. And uh, do you know when you're thinking that this episode will be released? Uh, it's kind of tough because, you know, school's starting and my <laughs> my editing situation is a little on the on the on the fritz because so it's like it's kind of hard for me i mean i'll explain to you after but editing can be kind of hard for me with my computer so sometimes i have to use like different computer but it's hard to get access to that computer sort of thing so gotcha so we're thinking more than a week i'm thinking well my dream 
best case scenario is going to be the end of next week. Okay. Or sorry, no. I already have. So when Justin and I did the last episode, we split it into into two segments. Segment one released last Tuesday. Segment two, I've already edited and planned to release this Tuesday. Okay. So I guess it, I would try to make this be the next Tuesday. Okay. Then. So, as so my, my planned, my planned, I just want to say, my planned release date for this episode is the 30th. Okay. August. Well, then, in that case. Best case uh, scenario. As Burnout, my, my second album, Burning, will have already been released, came out, uh, but by the time you're hearing this, it will have came out on August 27th. On you know streaming platforms everywhere, Spotify, YouTube Music, YouTube Apple Music, title links in the links in the description. Yeah, and uh, you know my website www.brnout15.com. It'll have links links to everything, you know, photo shoots to the album, all the material that we've been putting out. Definitely, definitely give that a give that a listen. Yes, sir. Uh, burnout, burning out now. Anywhere you get music. I actually wrote, helped write one of the, one of the writers on one of the tracks. That's that's facts. Uh, on a track that all is out already by the time we record. Yeah. So it, regardless, it's... regardless, yeah, check it out. So damn tired. Uh, out on streaming and um, lots more to come from Filmatic. You know, Connor and I. You know, we still have to do the Guardians episode, which we planned to do like eight months ago. Um, <laughs> True. So we probably have to rewatch the movies at this point. <laughs> Maybe so. Um, um, but Summer Stiller continues full on, and I'm very excited for us to watch Better Call Saul. Oh yeah, that one probably be a while before we finish that, but yeah, it's coming for sure. Yes. So, filmatic listeners, I uh, hope you have a good back to school if you go to school, and um, I hope you enjoyed Connor and his dad and me as we talked about Breaking Bad and El Camino, and um. Yeah, so I guess this is goodbye. You've been listening to Filmatic with Burnout, Connor Park, and Bill Sharif. We'll see you next time. Adios.